Tonight on the Midnight Train Podcast. It's Valentine's Day, so we're taking the shrimp boat to Tuna Town. Oops, I mean we're discussing all things Valentine's. Mr. Moody has the corona, so we have a special guest co-host. Warning, we say things like we hope you all have fun hiding the dude piston in the ham wallet. Or whatever you're into. All aboard. Hello, passengers. Happy Valentine's Day. Welcome to the Midnight Train Podcast, where we bring the dark to light. What's that mean? Well, you guys know what it means. We make fun of and joke about creepy shit while bringing you as much information on each topic as possible. I am your host, the conductor of the cryptic, Jonathan Sayer. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, you're too kind. You're too kind. Oh, so nice. And with me... Well, Mr. Moody, as is, is you, hopefully you guys know from being in your, uh, our Facebook group, Mr. Moody got the Rona, so he is not with us right now. <laughs> yes, exactly. And uh, in fact, with me, because it's Valentine's Day, I decided to do something romantic. I brought in my beautiful wife, Grace. Say hello, Grace. Hello. Thank you. You're too kind. <laughs> Stop. You quit it. <laughs> so how are you? I'm excellent. How are you? I'm awesome. So your uh, first um, time into the world of actually being on a podcast was on the bonus that we recently did. Yes. And I apologize to everyone who <laughs> did hear that. That was completely out of my character. No, it, it was definitely. It, I mean, was it? I mean, Mean, which character the the, the to have a couple sober. drinks oh sober, sober character yes sober character yes. okay yes. <laughs> i thought it was funny uh bill who is one of our producers also a very good friend of ours was on the show on that episode with us and uh he sent us a text not too long ago that just said it's freaking hilarious so if you're not on patreon yeah. get your butt over there and get on patreon the bonus episodes we can kind of let loose and we can do kind of what we you know a little bit more of what we want without you know worrying about hurting someone's feelings or getting and fucking New Zealand or anything like that. So, so yeah, make sure you guys are doing that. So, you beautiful bunch of dark passengers, you guys know that we're all just, you know, a bunch of musicians. Well, and today, my beautiful wife and assholes that love history and can't get enough of the mysterious. And we want you all to know how important and how awesome it is that you're actually listening to us at this very moment, you know, and, and it's, it's, it's huge. And we just want you guys to know that your reviews and support really do make all the hard work worthwhile. And saying that, please stop over to Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now and give us a five-star review if you can. It helps for some reason, but again, we're not doctors. You can leave us any kind of review you'd like. You can say, Happy Valentine's Day. That's a good one. So when you get on there, say, Happy Valentine's Day. Or if you're not into that, you can say, Fuck love or Fuck Valentine's Day. doesn't matter. Just give us five stars. That's all we're asking for, right? Correct. <laughs> you are correct, sir. You can also find us on Spotify and iHeartRadio by typing the Midnight Train Podcast in their search bar and click the follow button. You'll then get each episode as they are released. And again, Patreon subscribers, you'll be getting that beautiful Republic of Malaysia little bonus that we did that we were pretty schnookered doing because it was beer day. And we got, yeah, it was fun. So make sure you're signing up over at uh, patreon.com forward slash the Midnight Train Podcast or head on over to the Midnight Train Podcast.com. That's our official website. And over there, you can click on that little icon. You can pick up some cool merchandise. Plus, as a lot of you guys know, we have a lot of fun on our official Facebook group page. So please sign up over there, too. 
All right. So let's uh, turn down the lights, uh, adjust our seats, grab a drink, and let's get spooky. But first, here's a toast to all you beautiful, beautiful motherfuckers. Josie's on a vacation far away. this play for a while we pour our wine. Go ahead. Yeah. Cheers, babe. Cheers. Got our wine poured. Now, the funny thing about this song, not funny, but this song right here is actually a cover of the band uh, The Outfield mm-hmm. that I did kind of while I was chasing you down. Correct. And you heard my rendition, which that's my rendition. And that's when you finally gave me an opportunity and finally said that you would like to go on a date with me. Correct? That is a kick-ass song that I do love. <laughs> it, is, it is a kick-ass song. Yes. Because I read it. Anyway, so that's, that's your love by me. You guys want to find that i'll put links in the you know whatever and you guys can check it out but uh so we are talking about valentine's day Yay. valentine's dizzle all right so as most of you may or may not know valentine's day occurs every february 14th across the united states and in other places around the world candy flowers and horrible gifts are exchanged between loved ones and potential flames all in the name of saint valentine but have you ever asked yourself who is this fantastical saint and where do these sappy traditions come from did some guy in a cave thousands of years ago screw up with his woman after bopping her on the head with a stick? And did he just say, ugh, sorry, here, rock? You think that's how it started? Probably not. Probably not. I would hope not. No, I'm going to take a drink of my wine. What are we drinking over here? It's a Rioja. Campo Viejo. <laughs> Campo Viejo Roja. Rioja. It's a Tempranillo. It is very good. From 2018. Is it good? Yeah, it is. Oh, yeah. That's super smooth. Yeah, I, like I like that it. one. Mm. We are avid wine drinkers. Probably a little more avid than we should be. We're not horrible. Uh, we're, we're, we're fantastic. Yes. Well, the history of uh, Valentine's Day and the story of its patron saint is actually shrouded in mystery. We do know that February has long been celebrated as a month of romance and that St. Valentine's Day, as we know it today, contains traces of both Christian and ancient Roman tradition. But who is this St. Valentine? And how did he become associated with this ancient ancient ritual? There goes my face already. <laughs> so listen, you're sitting in the seat, so every time I do that, you got to give me a... Yeah. Green button. The green button. Okay. Yeah, that's... that's. What was the blue button again? The blue... <laughs> I don't know. Press it. This one or this one? Uh, <laughs> she's learning the buttons, folks. All right. Oh, man. So the Catholic Church recognizes at least three different saints named Valentine or Valentinus or Valentinus. Okay. All of whom died or were actually put to death rather than renouncing their religion. So they were martyrs. They didn't want to, you know, they were like, fuck that. Kill me. I believe in my God. And that's it. Right? Correct. Correct. One legend tells us that Valentine was a priest who served during the third century in Rome. When Emperor Claudius II decided that uh, single men made better soldiers than those with wives and families, he outlawed marriage for young men. (laughs) So fucked up. It's true. It's fucked up. Valentine, realizing the injustice of the decree and ever the romantic, defied Claudius and continued to perform marriages for young lovers in secret. 
When Valentine's actions were inevitably discovered, Claudius ordered that he be put to death. Still, others insist that it was St. Valentine of Tyranny, a bishop who was the true namesake of the holiday. He, too, was beheaded by Claudius II outside Rome. But, you know, Claudius was a great guy. He just didn't like that name. Yeah, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> well, your name's Valentine. Hmm? But guess what? You're fucking dead now. Done. Yeah, <laughs> take him out back. <laughs> what did he do? I, I don't like his name. Right. Which is fucked up because Valentine is actually a family name, as we've, we've discussed on the show before. Of yours? Yeah. I remember in, um, in the yeah. Sayer side? You have like 10,000 million aunts and uncles. Yeah, but I got like, I don't know, five or six Valentines in there. Really? I got Uncle Val. Basil. <laughs> I don't know where that came from, but yes, there's Basil. There's all kinds of inter yeah. interesting names. That's where uh, the general came from. His name was Valentine. Oh. Yeah, he was a tough son of a bitch. Okay. Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> Look at me like, what are you talking about? Sip of wine. We hope you guys are listening to this with your significant other right now, yes. by the way. I really hope that you guys are doing it as a couple. And if you're a guy who listens to this and you've never let your woman listen to it, let her listen to this one because we got a little, I got a little thing at the end that I think you guys will enjoy. And if you're a woman who has never let your boyfriend or husband listen to this, then let them listen to it. And if you're a girlfriend who's never let your girlfriend listen to it or boyfriend with boy, whoever your significant other, other is and they've never listened to it, this is a good one for you guys to listen to. You should be sipping wine. We've got yes. candles lit right now. We do. It's very romantic. It's romantic down here. The lights are dim. Mm -hmm. My sultry voice is coming through the radio waves right now. Very sexy. Yeah, you like that? Yes, mm. love it. <laughs> <laughs> mm. That is really good. I like that. So other stories suggest that Valentine may have been killed for attempting to help Christians escape harsh Roman prisons where they were often beaten and tortured. According to one legend, imprisoned and imprisoned Valentine actually sent the first Valentine greeting himself after he fell in love with a young girl, possibly his jailer's daughter, who visited him during his imprisonment, which is kind of fucked up and ironic and sweet and weird. How young? I, I, I don't know. Does that be weird? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's, yeah. let's assume she was of age. Okay. This is in Roman yeah. time, so of, a, yeah, of so age was like, what, 12? Yeah. yeah. At least. <laughs> yeah. So fucking gross. So before his death, it has been said that he wrote her a letter signed from your Valentine, an expression that is still used today. Although the truth behind the Valentine legends uh, is murky, the stories all emphasize his appeal as a sympathetic, heroic, and most importantly, romantic figure. By the Middle Ages, perhaps thanks to his reputation, Valentine would become one of the most popular saints in England and France. The French! We are the most romantic of the... Oh, you like that? I liked how you do the pop. <laughs> That's great. Screw the English. We are the French. No, they are fuckers. We are the most romantic. And hate Americans. Yes, they filthy swine. Right. Yeah, I don't know why they hate us. Well, I mean, I guess I kind of do. <laughs> Sorry, France. Right. Whatever. Well, some believe that Valentine's Day is celebrated in the middle of February to celebrate the anniversary of Valentine's death or burial, which probably occurred around 270 A.D., Others claim that the Christian church may have decided to place St. Valentine's feast day in the middle of February in an effort to Christianize the pagan celebration of oh, Lupercalia. Oh, I didn't even have to press the button for that oh, one. Did I, yeah, did I get yeah, that? That, you sounds, did. that sounds right, right? Good. All right, good. Dedicated to Faunus, the Roman god of agriculture, as well as to the Roman founders Romulus and Remus. You guys got all that? Mm -hmm. Sure you do. Moving on. At the start of the festival, mem festival. <laughs> Wrong one. Sorry, sorry. 
<laughs> oh man, I think I'm gonna mess up words just to see which button you press. Well, it's the green one. It's duh. the green. Duh. I know this. Duh. It's now. totally the green one. Yeah. <laughs> so at the start of the festival, members of the Luperci, in order of Roman priests, would gather at a sacred cave where the infants Romulus and Remus, the founders of Rome, were believed to have been cared for by the she-wolf or Lupa. Yeah, she-wolf. Mm. Yeah. The priest would sacrifice a goat for fertility and a dog for purification. Poor dog. Right. Oh, I know. They would then strip the goats, hide into strips, dip dip them into the uh, sacrificial blood, and take the streets, gently slapping both women in crop fields with the goat hide. On their ass or face? I, I don't know where yeah. they were slapped. Okay. All I know is it's goat skin that's been dipped in to sacrificial blood, and they just slap people as they're going down. Some people are into that kind of stuff. They have, like, festivals. What kind of shit are you? I don't know about the goat and the blood, but, like, being, like... Whipped? Well, well yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> All right, I know what to get you for Valentine's Day. All right. So, too bad that tradition is gone. Sounds super fucking fun. Right. Anyway, far from being a bunch of scared pansies, Roman women will welcome the slap of the hides because it was believed to make them more fertile in the coming year. Yeah! So, they thought it was happening. So, I'm... I'm assuming it probably was. They were just bending over like, get me next, Romulus. Right, yeah. <laughs> it opens up the gateway. Yeah. Oh, wait, For fuck. fertility. Oh, the fertility right. gateway. yes. Oh, okay. That what you call it now. Yes. <laughs> Later in the day, according to legend, all the young women in the city would place their names in a big urn. The city's bachelors would each choose a name and become paired for the year with his chosen woman. These matches often ended in marriage, so it was like e-harmony, but with a little more sacrifice and far less computers. Do you get like one a year? It sounds like it. Really? And you, they usually marry the ones that they hook up with, I guess. So yeah. I guess as you become older and you're allowed to get slapped with a fucking bloody goat hide, you can get a suitor. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. We should do that now. Force our children to have someone in the town. Yeah, wait, what? Set them up. What do they call that? Uh, um, uh, we strange. No, not a strange. That's when you're apart. That's when oh, you, right. you go dirty on somebody. <laughs> <laughs> not that one. Um, damn it, I can't think of the freaking word off the top of my head. Uh, just an arranged marriage. Arranged. There you go. Yeah, a strange. Yeah, you're close. But arranged the marriages. City. They still do that but in some um, countries and some different cultures and stuff. They still do arranged marriages. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I don't know. If that, if we were, if they did arranged marriages, we probably wouldn't have been married. Um. Yeah. Definitely, we would so be married. You think so? Yeah, my parents would totally pick your family to share <laughs> livestock with. What are you trying to say? We we probably had all, all the, the livestock. Yeah, the we cows. definitely we had a very good. Uh, what is that called? Uh, ah, damn, my brain is the wine's getting to me already. Yeah. I'm getting a little fuzzy. Yeah. Well, howlers. Yeah, but what was that called land. when you would? Uh, you would. We just watched that show where you would get if you married somebody, you would get their. Um, to help take care of them. Dowry. Dowry. Yeah. So, yeah, I'd have a good dowry. I'd have, like, pigs and cows and right. acres of land to go down there and do whatever the hell you want to do. Yeah. yeah. And your dad's into that shit, so. Well, I mean, the land. I don't know about the pigs and cows yeah. and stuff. He's definitely into the land. Anyway. <laughs> so, Lupercalia, or Lupercalia, yeah, Luper, yeah, whatever, uh, survived the initial rise of Christianity, but was eventually outlawed. But, of course, it was, and it was deemed unchristian. At the end of the 5th century, when uh, Pope Galasius declared February 14th St. Valentine's Day, it wasn't until much later, however, that the day became definitely associated with love. 
During the Middle Ages, it was commonly believed in France and England that February 14th was the beginning of birds mating season. All right, yeah, get it, birds. Which added to the idea that the middle of Valentine's uh, middle of Valentine's Day should be a day for romance because you know if birds do it, bees do it. No, okay. No. Anyway, the English poet Geoffrey Chaucer was the first to record Saint Valentine's Day as a day of romantic celebration, and in his nineteen or excuse me, thirteen seventy five poem, Parliament of Fools. I think it's fools. F O U L E S. It's not fowls. It could be fowls. Mm, is it? Kind of spelled that way. Fowls. Parliament of Fowls? Yeah, but if it's about... Whatever. It's either Fools or Fowls. You guys figure it out. It's English or old, 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 whatever, 1375. And uh, it actually says in it, quote, For this was sent on St. Valentine's Day, when every fowl cometh there to choose his mate. So it is Fowls. Oh. Parliament of Fowls, yeah. There you go. Smooth. Real smooth. Mm -hmm. Especially the way you spelled it, too, because it's very, very old school. It's sent, S-E-Y-N-T. Yeah, sent. No? Okay. Valentine greetings were popular as far back as the Middle Ages, though written valentines didn't begin to appear until after 1400. The oldest known valentine still in existence today was a poem written by, uh, in 19, excuse me, 1415, Jesus, by Char uh, Charles, Duke of Orleans, to his wife while he was imprisoned in the Tower of London following his capture of the Battle of Agen Agincourt. The greeting is now part of the manuscript collection of the British Library in London, England. So you can actually go and you can see this thing that he actually wrote. Very interesting. Yeah. So if we ever go over to Bloody London. Which we will. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I really want to go over there. Yes. Super bad. It'd be awesome. Yeah. I can't wait yeah. to be able to travel again. Yeah. Especially get the hell out of this country for a little bit. Yeah. 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 Not that yeah. I don't like. No, Listen, we love America, this fuck country. yeah. Listen, I went, side note, and this happens all the time on the show, by the way. Um, Just call it a derail. <laughs> okay. Um. We went, as as you know, went uh, shooting with my new AR-15 that I got. And for all you gun haters out there, I'm sorry, but it is my constitutional right. And I'm never going to do anything to hurt anybody. Anyway, so I took my sons, um, Logan and Riley, and who you guys actually heard on the last week's episode. Oh. Yeah, they were on the episode. And we went out there, and it was so much fun uh, with our friends Kevin and Gary and Brian. And we just, every time we'd shoot something real fast or blow something up, because we had that 10 and 9 or whatever it's called, the second it got done, we all just go, America! <laughs> Super loud, dude. That's why the French don't like us. Exactly. Yeah. That's exactly Obnoxious. Why. That is, yes. Right. That's we just blow up shit. Just, just blow shit it. up. Right. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> several, several years later, however, it is believed that King Henry V hired a writer named John Lydgate to compose a Valentine note to Catherine of Valois. Valois. God bless you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Now, the, that chubby little bastard Cupid is often portrayed on Valentine's Day cards as a naked cherub launching arrows of love at unsuspecting lovers. But the Roman god Cupid has his roots in Greek mythology as the Greek god of love, Eros. Accounts of his birth vary. Some say he is the son of Nyx and Erebus, others of Aphrodite and Eris. Still, others suggest he is the son of Iris and Zephyrus, and even Aphrodite and Zeus, who would have been both his father and grandfather because, you know, Greeks, incest. Mm, that's what happened yeah. back then. They were just, you know, fucking yeah. putting it in everywhere. I don't know about that one. Yeah, they did. I don't think they did. They, no, they did. Did they? Oh, yeah. You got to look. It was weird. There was all kinds of Zeus. Zeus raped a bunch of women. And like it's anyway, you know, maybe we'll do a train ride on that one of these days. Maybe. That'd yeah. be fun. I just found out I have, um, I'm a little bit Greek. I never knew that. Which part? 
um, just my fingertips. <laughs> yeah, you did the 23 and Me thing. Mm-hmm. And you found out you that did. you were Greek. You thought at first you were Spanish, right? And yeah. then it changed? It said I was Spanish, which I did not know that either. And we were like, aye, mommy. Right. And then now you're Greek and yeah. you just like hummus. Well, every time we open up a wine bottle, we go, opa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I guess that kind of, you know, that works. Yeah. I'm just English as fuck. That's fuck with two Ks. Yeah. So according to the Greek archaic poets, Eros was a handsome immortal who played with the emotions of gods and men, using golden arrows to incite love and leaden ones to simply fuck with people. It wasn't until the Helen... Hellenistic? Damn it. Green button. Yeah, green button. It wasn't until the Hellenistic period that he began to be portrayed as the mischievous chubby child he'd become on Valentine's Day cards. Such a weird transition from handsome immortal to a fat baby, you know, little baby in a diaper. It's kind of fucking weird. I'm an immortal. Nope, you're just an ugly little baby. It's like that Benjamin Button movie. You think he just went backwards? Yeah. <laughs> He's just maybe. aging backwards? Yeah. I mean, not? maybe. It could be. <laughs> in addition to the United States, Valentine's Day is celebrated in Canada. We love Canada. Mexico. Hola, Davy. The United Kingdom. Oh, we love the United Kingdom, too. France. <laughs> Australia. Good eye. And, uh, and, oh, yeah. In, in Great Britain, Valentine's Day began to be popularly celebrated around the 17th century. Yeah, so it was moving moving all around the place. By the way, most of those countries in there are actually were on their charts. Yeah. Really? Yeah, except France. Come on, France. Catch up, mustard. Let's do this. By the middle of the 18th century, it was common for friends and lovers of all social classes to exchange small tokens of affection or handwritten notes. And by 1900, printed cards began to replace written letters due to improvements in printing technology. Ready-made cards were an easy way for people to express their emotions in a time when direct expression of one's feelings was discouraged. Cheaper postage rates also contributed to an increase in the popularity of sending Valentine's Day greetings. That's so funny to me. Why? It's like, man, I really love this girl. The fuck is it expensive to send a letter? Wait, they've lowered the price. I shall let her know. You know what I mean? Like, it just seems... It's like when gas prices go down, you find somewhere to travel to. You get booty calls that are further away? Is that what it is? I have never had booty calls anywhere other than with my husband. That's right. Right. Yeah. She's a liar, but she's a pretty one, folks. (laughs) So Americans probably... uh, probably (laughs) Thank you. Did it again. I said probably, which is amazing. Americans probably began exchanging handmade valentines in the uh, early 1700s. In the 1840s, Esther A. Howland began selling the first mass-produced valentines in America. Howland, known as the mother of Valentine, made extravagant creations with uh, with real lace, ribbons, and colorful pictures known as scrap. Ooh. Yeah, so people are out there scrapbooking and scrapping and whatnot. You can thank, uh, uh, you know... Howland? Howland. Esther, Esther A. Howland. All right. At least he talks like this, though, and smokes really big cigarettes. Esther Howland. Gonna... Fucking make some scraps. <laughs> I don't know about that. No, do you think she's more elegant? Yeah, it's probably like a Vivian. Oh, Viv. Yeah. Yes. She's, she's so darling. Sweet. Yes. Gorgeous. Yes. <laughs> she's attracted to anything with two legs or two yeah. legs and a wiener. <laughs> <laughs> no, she like hits on me all the time. Oh, does she really? Yeah, so two legs funny. is all yeah, it takes. Two huh? legs. Two legs, a hole in a heartbeat, and she's gone. Huh? <laughs> all right. Yeah. Well, okay. Get on you, Viv. <laughs> Whatever. That's. 
do you. So today, according to the Greeting Card Association, this is pretty awesome, an estimated 145 million Valentine's Day cards are still sent each year, making Valentine's Day the second largest card-sending holiday of the year, only next to Christmas. Really? Yeah. Wow. Well, what other holiday would you send a card out for? Thanksgiving. It would just be pictures of our food, but I guess we do that now with freaking Facebook and yeah. Instagram and shit. Ooh, look what I'm eating. No one gives a shit, folks. Just really? gonna be honest. I I kind of like them. Yeah, it gives you inspiration. I like the recipes. Like right. if they post a picture and they're like, "Well, this is what I made and how I made it," then mm-hmm. cool, that's awesome. Yeah, but when it's just ones. yeah, when it's just like a picture of like I don't know a denty more soup with like I don't know ma- microwave mashed potatoes. It's like I mean, what are microwave mashed potatoes? The ones you open up in the I'm little. Just oh, I was about to say we've had those before. Mm, probably prior to you meeting me. No, we used to get you liar. No, we the Bob Evans ones. Oh yeah, ha, yeah. Ha, yeah. Those Not are like instant. Those are fun. No, no, you no, just no, throw no, water no. In. I used to do those. Yeah. <laughs> they come in a box. <laughs> they were right. like dehydrated flakes, and mm. you just mix it with yeah, whatever. Yeah. Listen, you do things when you're fucking broke. All right. Right, like that girl that had the Lay's potato chips, and then she boiled them. I and saw that. Them and made mashed potatoes out of them. Why? I don't know. It don't, doesn't sound horrible. But there's so many preservatives in in uh, potato chips that those preservatives are still, you're not getting those out by boiling them. So you just took a somewhat healthy potato and put a bunch of preservatives and shit in it. And potatoes are cheap. It's still mashed potatoes, right? Is it a bag of chips like five bucks? Uh, yeah, I guess. That's what I'm saying. Like, I don't know. That's just weird to me. So in all, there are about a dozen St. Valentines plus a Pope. Yeah. The saint we celebrate on Valentine's Day is known officially as St. Valentine of Rome in order to differentiate him from the dozen or so other Valentines on the list. Because Valentinus, from the Latin word for worthy, strong, or powerful, was a popular moniker between the 2nd and 8th centuries AD. Several several martyrs, which we kind of talked about earlier, um, over the centuries have carried this name. The official Roman Catholic roster of saints shows about a dozen who were named Valentine or some variation of. The most uh, recently beatified, and I had to look that word up. Beatified? Beatified. 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 It's B-E-A-T-I-F-I-E-D, and I'm probably saying it wrong. Maybe it's beatified? No, it's got to be beatified. Whatever. What about it? Um, Is uh, St. Valentine uh, Borio. Oh, St. Valentine Berio Ochoyo. <laughs> so being beatified means that you were actually put into the, um, the what is it, the, the, the Catholic books, basically. Upon your death, they take you and they put you in there. Hmm. Yeah, so you're beatified. Valentinus? Is that what you were saying? This one's St. Valentine Berio Ochoyo. No, 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 the last one. Oh, Valentinus was a very popular name back Doesn't then. Doesn't that kind of sound like an STD? Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, what'd you do this last Valentine's Day, dude? I got Valentine. I got the fucking Valentinus. Yeah. yeah. It itches so bad. It just... <laughs> it burns when I pee. Anyway, that's so gross. So anyway, he was a Spaniard of the Dominican Order who traveled to Vietnam, where he served as bishop until his beheading. Mm-hmm. Another one. In 1861. So I'm assuming maybe it's people that were martyred. Maybe two. That's what they have to be. Then there's Pope John Paul II. Canonized, oh, he canonized Berrio Ochoyo in 1988. There was even a Pope Valentine, though little is known about him except that he served a mere 40 days around 827 AD. So they just didn't like anyone with the name Valentine. Yeah, and you know what I was thinking about? I think being beheaded would probably be the like easiest way to die. 
Like you're just done. Like quickest. Yeah. 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 Yeah, probably just because that's one. But they did say they do say that um, that your brain can actually live on for. I think it's. I think they said anywhere between. And we've done this before on here. I think it's anywhere between four to twenty seconds after you die. Like your brain still lives on. And back in the day, they used to actually try and take people who were beheaded and put like um, um, they would basically take the eyeballs and they would try to send light fragments through it to see if they can capture the last image that a person saw before they died. Really? Yeah. Fucked up. Yeah. We used to do all kinds of crazy shit. Huh. They probably still are. We just don't know about it. Whatever. Right. So let's see. Another one here. Valentine is the patron saint of beekeepers and epilepsy, among other things. Yeah. Beekeepers and epilepsy. Beekeepers. Yep. Saints are certainly expected to keep busy in the afterlife. Their holy duties include interceding in earthly affairs and entertaining petition from living souls. In this respect, St. Valentine has wide-ranging spiritual responsibilities. People call on him to watch over the lives of lovers, of course, but also for interventions regarding beekeeping and epilepsy, as well as the plague, faint, and traveling. What? Yeah, so during this whole epidemic, you motherfuckers should have been fucking praying to St. Valentine. Right, light that candle. Yeah, get in there and be like, come on, don't give me the Rona. Right. You know, it should have been, yeah. Moody. Moody. He should have done this. He should be doing it now. Right. Yeah, fucker. <laughs> As you might expect, he's also the patron saint of engaged couples and happy marriages. So you can actually find Valentine, the, the main one they talk about. You can actually find his skull in Rome. The flower-adorned skull of St. Valentine is on display in the mm, Basilica of Santa Maria in Cosmodin, Rome. I, I feel like I nailed that. that was yeah, good. you did good. Thank you. In the early 1800s, the excavation of a catacomb near Rome yielded skeletal remains and other relics now associated with St. Valentine. As is customary, these bits and pieces of the late saint's body have subsequently been distributed to holy containers around the world. You'll find other bits. Yeah, this is... For real, other bits of St. Valentine's skeleton on display in, in the Czech Republic, Ireland, Scotland, England, and of course the French. They have it too. What? I, I got nothing to say to that one. <laughs> it's because I am yeah. French. That's why I'm so loud. You are? Yes. No. But you said you were English, is it? Pierre is French. Right. Oh. Yes. Is that your. Jonathan is not French. Ego? He is English. Oh. Blah, a piece yeah. on his face. Oh. Yes. Okay. Blah. <laughs> okay, so here's one for the ladies. Ooh. You can actually celebrate Valentine's Day several times a year. Because of the abundance of St. Valentine's on the Roman Catholic roster, you can choose to celebrate the saint multiple times each year. Aside from February February 14th, you might decide to celebrate St. Valentine of uh, v uh, Viterbo on November the 3rd. Or maybe you want to get a jump on the traditional Valentine's celebration by fe uh, fe festing, feasting, whatever, with St. Valentine of Raetia on January 7th. 7th? 7th. My baby. My baby. Step up like that. The wine's making my face go woohoo. Right. It's good. So um, uh, let's see. On January 7th, women might choose to honor the only female St. Valentine, Valentina, a virgin martyred in Palestine on July 25th, 308 A.D., the Eastern Orthodox Church officially celebrates St. Valentine twice, once as an elder of the church on July 6th and once as a martyr on July 30th. What do you think about all that? So when you're celebrating this, does this is this a guy saying like, okay, you can celebrate multiple times a year if you take care of me, right? Like, you know, you have to do something for me because it's Valentine's Day. That would be kind of messed up, but I mean... 
Wait, say that again? Like, you know how Valentine's Day, you bring someone a gift, or you write them a card, or do something special for them? That'd be a guy thing to do. Like, well, you can celebrate it five times a year. You just got to do something really nice for me. What's wrong with that? Right. What's, I, don't, I don't understand. Well, if it was the other way around, that'd be nice. Like, if it was like, oh, five times a year, I will take care of you, and I will play with your hair and wash your feet. Oh, no. Did you say washeth? <laughs> yeah, like back in the day. like Washeth thy feet, milady. Would you like to washeth thy feet? Uh, yes. Real quick. So Grace and I, we don't get to like watch TV shows very often together. And we watched Bridgerton together. Oh, we did. We watched Bridgerton. And it was just because we're talking about Valentine's and couples and stuff like that. Yes. Um, holy softcore porn, people. Right. Whole, I had to walk out of the room a couple Multiple times. Multiple times. Because it was like... First of all, she looks super young, and I don't like yeah, that. That's gross. Way it's too young. fucking gross. If you guys have kids, yeah. Oh, don't, yeah, do yeah. not. No, no, don't do that. But it was cool how they spoke back then. They spoke with such elegance and revere and just, you know, sir and milady and, yeah, you know, yes, 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 my grace. Or your grace, that's it. Yes, your right. grace. Yes, your grace. So Grace and I decided we're going to start calling each other your grace, which Correct. fits for her because that's actually her name. Right. Can't mess that one up. <laughs> Can't mess that one up. Right. Okay, so listen, the lovey-dovey shit is out of the way. Unless you have some stuff, you you said you actually did a little bit of research. No, you didn't do any research. No, no, at all. Well, so when you asked me to do this, um, you kind of didn't really tell me about Valentine's Day, like what I'm going to be doing. Right, so I don't I like people knowing about the research until we research. do it because I want people to be surprised and be like, "Oh shit, that's cool." So, would you, uh, would you end up doing? That I didn't do anything. What's on the paper? It's none of your business. <laughs> What's in a box? <laughs> okay, so the lovey-dovey shit is out of the way. Let's uh, let's let's talk about um, some murders. Yeah. What do you think about that? Well, that's what I researched. Oh, right. oh, yes. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that yeah. is that gave me the tangles. I like that. All right. So at ten thirty a.m. on Saint Valentine's Day, Thursday, February fourteenth, nineteen twenty-nine. Seven men were murdered at the garage at 2122 North Clark Street in the Lincoln Park neighborhood of Chicago's North Side. You ever been uh, to the North Side of Chicago? Pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. I've only been to, like, downtown Chicago. No, I've, I've been never... all around Chicago. I love Chicago. Mm. Chicago's great. I hate all the one-way streets. That sucks. So driving there in the traffic is fucking horrible. But I love actually hanging out down there. Yeah. Yeah, I do like hanging out down there. It's a cool scene. For sure. They got all those fancy stores. And yeah, like, you can go get that. Bars are cool. I, I don't think I've ever really gone to a bar there. What? Yeah. Yeah, I went to a bar one time and it had a stripper pole. There was like soft porn on them. It was really weird. Like, Chicago has like all kinds of themed. Every time bars. you're on here, I'm learning more and more about you. I don't know how I, I feel I didn't about this. Stay long. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I was just, it was intriguing. You were just in and out. Get it? Uh, <laughs> I did try climbing the pole, though, and it does not work. It's not that easy. I, I don't I, think it does. There it needs is. to be instructions for drunk white girls. <laughs> Dear Miss. Right. Hey, put down the beer. You, yeah. Have uh, you ever seen those, uh, those like, professional, um, like, I guess they're called pole dancers or whatever, the ones who were just, like, it's not naked, it's not nude, it's not whatever, it's, like, very, like, they use, like, the ropes and things like that and, like, the mm, lace no. and stuff. No. I, the, some of the shit they do is just ridiculous. Like, the strength, the amount of strength that it has to take to yeah. be able to do that, 
is just crazy to it's me. It's about balance too. Yeah. You know, so it's not necessarily that you have to be super strong. No, it's it just, yeah, they're like, know how to work it. Got one arm down here and then right. just bring their legs down real slow. It's like, I couldn't, I can barely, yeah. I, I was in your new bean bag and I couldn't get out of it. <laughs> you could not. You know what I mean? I was like a fucking a turtle bag. on my back. You I just, were. yeah, I couldn't. Right. I couldn't. It was yeah. very pathetic. I don't have, I don't have the, <laughs> I don't have the, uh, the core strength. Core strength. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Or any strength for that right. matter. But that's fine. So anyway, these men were shot by four other men using weapons that included two Thompson submachine guns. Two of the shooters were dressed as uniformed policemen, while the others wore suits, ties, overcoats, and hats. Witnesses saw the fake police leading the other men at gunpoint out of the garage after the shooting. So this is like old school, like, man, see, we're coming to get you, see? Mm. Mm, yeah, concrete shoes, see? Mm, you're going to sleep with the fishes, see? Mm. Yeah, right? Do you like yeah. that? Is that? Is that a good one? No. No, I can't Maybe. do that. Come home, like, mm, what's for dinner? Mm, you dame. Oh, no. No, I like that, like, low voice you do. The, the low voice. Yeah, I remember you like, when you used to talk to me in that, like, little accent. Oh, you like the Scottish one. Oh, I yeah. Way, didn't yeah. You? Every time I was mad, you would do it. And Come I'd behind get you, but like, oh, so, you, yeah. you know, I love you. Yeah. I love you. Oh, my God. Oh, I love like, you. Do that in me. It's horrible. <laughs> <laughs> Just letting it all hang out today, right. folks. So the victims included five members of George Bugs Moran's Northside Gang. Moran's second-in-command and brother-in-law, Albert Kachelik, um, also known as James Clark, was killed along with Adam Heyer, the gang's bookkeeper and business manager, Albert Weinshank, who managed several cleaning and dyeing operations for Moran, and gang enforcers Frank Gusenberg and Peter Gusenberg. Um, by the way, the uh, North yeah. were a bunch of Irish people people oh is that where is that where the irish were hanging yeah, out that at? would be the irish where this the irish side was the italians which now what is it like um isn't like saint patty's day in chicago like one of the biggest in the united states yeah it's it's huge kind of, they dye the river green and right. everything else so it makes they sense do. they had a pretty large you know yeah. surplus of irish folk that lived right. on the north side yeah huh, that's pretty awesome i did not know that yeah i did not know that um, where was I? Oh, shit. Okay, so two collaborators were also shot. Reinhardt H. Schwimmer, a former optician uh, turned gambler and gang associate, and John May, an occasional mechanic for the Moran gang. Real Chicago police officers arrived at the scene to find that victim Frank Gusenberg was actually still alive. Mm, I heard. Yeah, he was taken to the hospital where doctors stabilized him for a short time and police tried to question him. He had sustained 14 bullet wounds, and the police asked him who did it. He simply replied, no one shot me, and he died three hours later. That's crazy. That's a tough son yeah. of a bitch. Yeah. Like, you smacked me with a rubber band in my <laughs> ass yesterday, and I thought I fucking was going to die. <laughs> like, you, because I didn't expect it. And when you hit me, I was like, what the fuck? It felt like, it literally felt like someone had fucking took a hot iron and just stuck it right on my ass. He's so sensitive. I, apparently. <laughs> I could never get shot 14 times. Yeah. yeah you could not. <laughs> I would get grazed and be like, ah! <laughs> Al Capone was widely assumed to have been responsible for ordering the murders in an attempt to eliminate Moran. Moran was the last survivor of the Northside gunman. His succession had come about uh, because his similar, uh, similarly aggressive predecessors, Vincent Drucci and Jaime Weiss, had been killed in the violence that followed the murder of original leader Dean O'Banion. That's the Irish. Mm. Dean O'Banion. O'Banion. Yeah. So now several factors contributed to the timing of the plan to kill Moran. 
either in the year uh, or, or earlier in the year, Norther, or Northsider Frank Gusenberg and his brother Peter unsuccessfully attempted to murder Jack McGurn. The Northside gang was complicit in the murders of uh, Pasqualino Patsy Lolordo, what a name, and Antonio the Scourge Lombardo. I, I want to be the, that's tough. Yeah. Like of all the nicknames, the Scourge. Yeah. With me, they because the other guys, Patsy, like Pasquale Patsy, he walks in like, I'm ready. Yeah. Did <laughs> you know go. Al Capone had a oh, fun name that they gave him? What was Al Capone's fun name? Scarface. And why was that? Because he had three cuts on his face, was it? He had three cuts on his face. Because he was a face. bad son of a bitch, that's why. Do you know how he got the three cuts on his face? You want to know how I got these scars? Right. <laughs> yes. How'd he get him? He was in a bar and. Uh, well, for he, that's first problem. Right. Yeah. yeah. And he picked on a woman and her brother beat him up, scratched him on the face. No shit. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty awesome. And so they called him Scarface from then on out. Yeah, but he hated being called Scarface. And anytime he took pictures, he'd try to hide his scars. Hmm. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. I actually, it's funny to me too. Um, <sighs> little derail on this one too so everybody you know that watches the movie scarface um and they're all like you know gangster and they're like oh yeah my favorite like mafia movies are like goodfellas and and the godfather and scarface scarface was cuban right he it, and yeah. it, it was in down in florida and he came from cuba and he was a badass a badass in the movie it was a uh, al pacino freaking amazing movie but he was cuban Stop thinking he's like a mafia guy. He wasn't. I mean, he was he was just a badass gang dude that fucking did a lot of cocaine and killed people. Did you see that guy? That guy up there? Well, he was in I never liked him. Crime. Well, yeah, he was a I mean, crime boss or whatever. Mafia. With the ma- but the mafia is an Italian thing. Right. You mafia. should know all about that there, you little Dago. Yeah. <laughs> Good answer. Good answer. <laughs> Off air, me and you, we gotta talk. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> So the um oh where the hell was I oh yeah the the, the scourge yeah both had been presidents of the Union gang or Sicil ah, Union Siciliana the local mafia and close associates of Capone Moran and Capone had been vying for control of the lucrative Chicago bootlegging trade bootleggers all right mm-hmm. now obviously you guys out there know what bootlegging ha- or how it happened actually fucking awesome and if you guys don't know about this shit so prohibition was set in place and they basically said no more alcohol alcohol right. is bad that's horrible yeah. for you so then all of a sudden these guys decided to you know start making their own and so they started bootlegging bootlegging they had to have faster and faster cars to get away from the cops that actually wound up being circle track racing and ended up turning into nascar that people watch today yeah yeah pretty awesome that it came from you know the government trying to yeah the government trying to tell us hey like hey you can't do that and we're like oh yeah watch me motherfucker right yeah (laughs) we're still doing it yeah we're all those bootleggers yeah i don't know anything (laughs) about that just easy no i don't know anything about that so moran had also been muscling in on capone run dog track in the chicago suburbs bad fucking move and he had taken over several saloons that were run by Capone, insisting that they were in his territory. So this dude's just fucking stepping all over Scarface's fucking toes. Right. You know? You don't yeah. do that to me, okay? Mm. See what I'm saying? You know, he was really young, too. Who, Capone? Al Capone. Yeah. Really? Yeah, he was like 30 when this happened. No shit. Yeah. Yeah. He was a badass. He was. Yeah. And he's only 30? Yeah. He actually got, um, when I did a little bit of research on him, 
He um, got kicked out of school. He got expelled from school in sixth grade for punching a teacher in the face. It's a good start. Yeah, and then he went to be a gangster from there. Sixth grade. I don't know if I'd be afraid of a six-year-old rolling up on me, or a sixth grader. Yeah, you should. Rolling up on me like, hey, give me your lunch money. You know, mm. like, get the fuck away from me. Yeah, and he pulls out a Thompson. Yeah, and people you don't look out for. He's like, feel bad for him. Yeah. So, again, the plan was to lure Moran to the SMC Cartage Warehouse on North Clark Street on February 14th, 1929, to kill him and perhaps two or three of his lieutenants. It is usually assumed that the North Siders were lured to the garage with the promise of a stolen cut-rate shipment of whiskey <laughs> for those bootleggers mm, yep. supplied by Detroit's Purple Gang, which was associated with Capone. The Gusenberg brothers were supposed to drive uh, two empty trucks into, Detro- into Detroit that uh, that day to pick up two loads of stolen Canadian whiskey. All the victims were dressed in their best clothes, with the exception of John May, as was customary for the Northsiders and other gangsters at the time. Of course, you had to look good. You walk around in your suits, you know what I mean? Right. Look at me. Yeah. Yeah, you gotta fuck a little good, you know? I'm doing my fucking business here, right. you know what I mean? I, I honestly, I feel like I was born way later in life because, I man, watching, like, you know, old footage and stuff of these guys just walking around, like average everyday people going to and from work, it didn't matter what you did, you they wore a suit. Yeah. When they went on airplanes, they wore a suit. When they went to church. Went to church, suits. Yeah. Uh, dinner, suits. It Anywhere. was always, it was fucking class. You leave the house, you look good. You, you don't class. go to the grocery store in sweatpants. Sweatpants. These kids. Mm, I right. hate that. And then, then, what's even worse is you got some of these knucklehead little chicas out there who were like propagating the whole freaking thing by going, oh, I love the the sweat, gray sweatpants because you can see the lining of the, 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 the dude, the boys. Yeah, that's a thing. You're like, oh, gray sweatpants are cool. Yeah. I don't know. I don't like it. Whatever. I think I ain't looking at that. I mean, now that I think of it that way, I don't think that's horrible. Moving on. With the girls that have like really thin leggings on with really large, wide behinds. Pretty sure a lot of our male listeners are like, "Mm." no, I'm (laughs) not not mad at that. Like, like a. Kardashian kind of booty. I'm oh, you're talking about, about people like that shouldn't be wearing the clothes that, not, yeah, that have, like, yeah, fat rolls. Yeah, well, it's the same thing with dudes. I'm, I'm not, not fat shaming anyone. Like, no, listen, you God, know damn well no. you shouldn't be wearing that shit. All yeah. right, stop it. Same thing with like heavier dudes. Yeah, you see heavier dudes that are wearing a shirt that the four sizes too small yeah, for them, yeah. and their guts hanging out the bottom and shit yeah, like that. You know, like sad. I put on a little weight in the uh, the the pandemic here, and I've had to bump up a size just because every time I lift my hands up, I'm like, oh, I can feel a little. Little pooch. I don't like it. Mm. Yeah, it's gross. Anyway, yeah, sorry. Why don't you say that? Don't look at me like that because I'm honest. <laughs> it's weird. Anyways, back to Al Capone. So most of the uh, Moran gang uh, arrive at the warehouse by approximately 10:30 a.m., but Moran was not there, having left his Parkway hotel. You know, a little bit late. He and a fellow gang member, Ted Newberry, approached the rear of the warehouse from a side street when they saw a police car approaching the building. They immediately turned and retraced their steps, going to a nearby coffee shop. They were like, oh, shit, we got to fucking get out of here. Back up. Right. They encountered gang member Henry Gusenberg on the street and warned him. So he also turned back. They were like, hey, you don't want to fucking go there, man. We see the fucking, you know what I mean? You got to fucking. Is that Henry Gusenberg? Uh, that's. That's Frank. That's what? I don't know. Yeah. What? No, it's Henry. Okay. I, don't, I think. Oh, there's brothers. It's brothers. So oh. this is one of the brothers. Oh. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. I was paying attention. I see that. Once. That's 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 awesome. Yeah. So Northside gang member Willie Marks also spotted the police car on his way to the garage, and he ducked into a doorway and jotted down the license number before leaving the neighborhood. He's like, "All right, what are these fucking?" Probably because most of the police were paid off at this point in time, and they probably knew not to go into that area. Well, I, yeah. When I was doing a little bit of stuff on my end, I heard that um, the the Northside stole a bunch of booze from. A crooked cop, I guess. So they thought one of the people that could have possibly done this n- could have been a cop. That's why they had the police officers' outfits on. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's all coming to fruition. Right, because they don't know who it really was. Right. Right. Yeah, that's kind of fucked up. Yeah. Can you imagine that? You fucking dirty cop. Mm-hmm. Maybe. There's lots of those out there. Yeah. But there's also a lot of fantastic police yes. officers that we highly respect and we thank you for your them. service. We it's the bad ones them. that are shitheads. Yes. But that Get goes along out. it goes along with everything. Weed them out. Yeah. Weed them out. Get them out of here. Yeah. You're, a fucking, you're a fucking asshole. Yeah. So Capone's lookouts likely mistook one of Moran's men for Moran himself. <laughs> Probably Albert Weinshank, who was the same height and build. The physical symmetry, uh, similarity between the two men was enhanced by their dress that morning. Both happened to be wearing the same color overcoat and hats. Witnesses outside the garage saw a Cadillac sedan pull up to a stop in front of the garage. Four men emerged and walked inside. Two of them dressed in police uniform. The two fake police officers carried shotguns and entered a rear portion of the garage where they found members of Moran's gang and collaborators Reinhard Schwimmer and John May who uh, was actually, they were fixing one of the trucks. That's all they were there for. They were just fixing a truck. Right. The fake policeman then ordered the men to line up against the wall. They then signaled to the pair in civilian clothes who had accompanied them. Two of the killers opened fire with a Thompson submachine guns, one with a 20-round box magazine and the other with a 50-round drum. That means it carried... 50 rounds of ammunition. It's those ones that look like it. You know, yeah, it's the old school ones circle. where they say, like, ah, come on, copper man. It's got, like, the big round right, thing in between yeah. it. That's a Thompson submachine gun. I want yeah, please, can we get one right. of those? Yeah, I hear they jam up a lot, though. But it'd be fun to shoot it. Okay. You know? Right. Yeah, I do hear they jam up a lot, but whatever. I don't know. Maybe not. They were thorough, spraying their victims left and right, even continuing to fire after all seven had hit the floor. Two shotgun blasts afterwards all but obliterated the faces of John May and James Clark, according to the coroner's report. Do you know why? Why? Because shotguns do that. No. Why (laughs) they shot him in the face? Why? Because John May used to keep a saint medal in his pocket, and that saved him from getting shot and killed. So they wanted to make sure all of the people were killed. And they went up to him and he was still breathing because they didn't successfully shoot him and wound him. So they shot him in the face after. Really? Yeah. Talk about the saint metal. I don't know. The saint, saint, what is that supposed to be for protection? Yeah, Yeah, I guess. Or, I mean, it's probably a religious thing. I don't know. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So to give the appearance that everything was under control, the men in street clothes came out with their hands up, prodded by the two uniformed policemen. Inside the garage, the only survivors in the warehouse were May's dog, Highball, and Frank Gusenberg. That's the other brother of Henry Gusenberg. Right. Yeah. Despite 14 bullet wounds, that's the guy that was like, hey, you know. Nobody killed Yeah, nobody did this what to me. About what bullet wounds? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Right. No, Frank, seriously, you've got 14, but no, right. no, it's yeah. just a flesh wound. I'm fine. It's right. fine. I cut myself shaving. It's fine. Yeah, so he was uh, still conscious, but he died three hours later, like we said, refusing to utter a fucking word 
about the identity of the killers. The Valentine's Day Massacre set off a public outcry, which posed a problem for all mob bosses. So now mm-hmm. the cops were coming down. The coppers, the coppers were coming after everybody, which is amazing to me that they actually put enough forethought into this, that they actually had two guys dressed as cops and two guys dressed as civilians that both, all four of them did the killing, but when the killing was done, they walked out in case anybody happened to hear or see anything. So it looked like the cops had it under control. So like it was premeditated. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. But, but but to make it look, appear like the cops are already here, don't worry right. about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's fucking crazy. Yeah. I mean, that would be in a way an Italian would think. Yeah. I would think. That is. If you were Irish, you'd just walk in there and shoot everyone and walk out and scream and drink a beer. They're all crazy. <laughs> Ireland, you can send all hate mail over to no, Grace. No, no, no. I, lo- I want to go to Ireland. I love it. Oh, I do too. Yeah. It looks beautiful. Yeah. I just want to move over there. I mean, we can keep this house, but whatever. So within days, Capone received a summons to testify before a Chicago grand jury on charges of federal prohibition violations, but he claimed to be too unwell to attend. It was common knowledge that Moran was hijacking Capone's Detroit-based liquor shipments, and police focused their attention on Detroit's predominantly Jewish purple gang. Landlady's Mrs. Doodle, or Duty. <laughs> Do- oh, Doodle like our golden doodle. No, it's Duty, like, gotta take a duty. It's um, it's D-O-O-D-I, or Y, that's duty. 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 This like is duty. Moody. Moody. Like, duty. Like Moody, but with a D. <laughs> Moody. Moody. How he feels right now. Because Moody likes the D. <laughs> he feels like oh, duty. Feels like uh, that's funny. Oh, sorry, Moody. <laughs> and Mrs. Orvidson had taken in three men as rumors 10 days before the massacre, and their rooming houses were directly across the street from the North Clark Street gang. Or garage. I'm sorry, not the gang. The garage. They picked out mugshots of Purple Gang members George Lewis, Eddie Fletcher, Bill Keywell, and his young brother, Harry, but they later wavered in their identification. Of course they did. Mm-hmm. Right. They're, you're, you don't talk a lot in you're these situations. You're not going to rat on nobody. Yeah. yeah. I ain't no fucking rat. No, I ain't no okay? rat. These fucking 14 bullet holes, <laughs> I did it myself. Right. Self-inflicted. Yeah. All right. I had a bad Cleaning fucking my day. Gun. Yeah. I had a bad day. That's right. fucking whatever. So the police questioned and cleared Fletcher Lewis and uh, Harry Keywell. Nevertheless, the Keywell brothers and, um, you know, of course, connected to the Purple Gang, remained associated with the crime in the years that followed. Many also believe that the police were involved, which may have been the intention of the killers. Of course they did. They wanted people to think that it was the actual fucking cops. Right? Like you were saying earlier, because it could have yeah. been, been a fucking police officer, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah, crooked too. Right, you know what I mean? The cops, they, you know... So on February 22nd, police were called to the scene of a garage fire on Wood Street where they found a 1927 Cadillac sedan disassembled and partially burned. And they determined that that, the uh, killers actually had used that car. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm, That's interesting. Yeah. They traced the engine number to a Michigan Avenue dealer who had sold the car to James Morton of Los Angeles. Just kind of fucked up that someone from L.A. bought an X-Card. Whatever. The garage had been rented by a man calling himself Frank Rogers, who gave his address as 1859 West North Avenue. This was the address of the Circus Cafe operated by Claude Madeau, or Maddox, sorry, Claude Maddox, a former St. Louis gangster with ties to the Capone gang, the Purple Gang, and the St. Louis gang, Egan's Rats. So this guy, is he's, he's got his fucking hands kind of dirty, if you know what I mean. Yeah, they're all connected together yeah. at some point in time, yeah. right? You got his, everyone's got to have a little bit. Now, Al Capone, did he, wasn't he in Florida when all this happened? Um, uh, I don't have that in front of me. It did say that, he, that they tried to bring him in and he was unwell. So I'm not yeah. sure where it says. I'm so pretty he, sure I heard he was in Florida. 
from all the people that were there. They told me personally. They told you personally? Yes. Yeah. Like, hey, you know Al? Yeah, he's, he's fucking down here hanging right. out. He's in yeah. Key West. You know, mm -hmm. it's fun. Yeah. He likes it down here. <laughs> I don't know. He could have been. Yeah. So police um, could not turn up any information about persons named James Morton or Frank Rogers, but they had a definite lead on one of the killers. Just minutes before the killings, a truck driver named Elmer Lewis had turned a corner block away from 2122 North Clark and sideswiped a police car. You stupid shit. He told police that he stopped immediately but was waved away by the uniformed driver who was missing a front tooth. Hmm. Could this be one of our fake police? Could it be it one of our fake cops? He got sideswiped by a guy in a truck and he goes, hey, no, go ahead, man. It's, it's good. It's good. You go ahead. Right. You know, sounds kind of. Yeah. Sounds kind of sleep with the fishies right. here, you know. So um, Board of uh, Education President H. Wallace Caldwell had witnessed the accident and he gave the same description of the driver. Police were confident that they were describing Fred Burke, a former member of Egan's Rats. Burke and a close companion named James Ray uh, were known to wear police uniforms whenever a robbery, uh, whenever on a robbery spree. So whenever they're out robbing shit, right. they wore police uniforms. Yeah, right. makes sense. Right. Burke was also a fugitive under indictment for robbery and murder in Ohio. Hey, Ohio. Oh, that bastard. Yeah, I don't know. If I can... part of Ohio. Like, if you're in, like, Toledo. <laughs> Sounds like it'd be Toledo. Right. Yeah. Youngstown. Youngstown's not. I don't mind Youngstown. No. Youngstown's okay. Youngstown. Yeah, I mean. No yeah. offense. Oh, Youngstown's actually kind right. of a cool little, it's got. It's a cool little vibe to it, whatever. But Toledo, oh boy. Yeah. Sorry, Toledoans. If you live yeah. in Toledo, get, yeah. get out. Get out. Run. <laughs> Run. Run, just don't go to Lorraine. Anyway, yeah. um, oh, <laughs> yeah, they'll do that. it. Yeah. Police also suggested that Joseph Lolordo could have been one of the killers because of his brother Pasqualino's recent murder by the North Side gang. So, of course, that's uh, what, what, what is his name? Patsy? Wasn't that the one they call Patsy Pasqualino? Yeah. Police then announced that they suspected Capone, gunman John Scalise, and Albert Anselmi, as well as Jack McGurn and Frank Rio, a Capone bodyguard. So this shit's going all over the fucking place, truthfully, because they don't fucking know. They don't know. They have. They're just given yeah, whatever they can. They're trying to fucking tie it in. This is 1929, 1930. They're trying to figure this shit out. They're like, what the fuck? It's not like they can, you know, type in a computer or anything like that. This is actually when cops had to do, you know, cop work, you know? Yeah. So whatever. Right. So police um, eventually charged McGurn and Scalise with the massacre. So they went in and said, we found a fucking guy. Capone murdered Scalise, <laughs> Anselmi, and Joseph Hot Todd Gienti in May of 1929 after he learned about their plan to kill him. Really? He learned. He was like, listen, these fucking guys are going to fucking, guess what? Get him first. Yeah. Took him off the runway. I'd do the same. Yeah. I mean, kind of have to, right? You would. You, you. you or me. Which you, one's going first? A little Dago? Definitely going to pick you. I'm me. And anyway. this is why I'm always going to be nice to my wife, yes. folks, because if you, if you guys never hear from me again, you know what happened. All right. Just right. keep that in mind. Yeah. Forget about it. All right. So the police dropped the murder charges against Jack McGurn because of a lack of evidence. And he was just charged with a violation of the Mann Act. He took his girlfriend, Luis Rolf, across state lines to marry. Apparently, you can't do that shit. Really? Yeah. Back then, you can't. Yeah. Um, so when I was looking up... A little bit of information. Yeah. Uh, the guy that hit the um, police car. Yeah. Uh, Fred Burke. Fred Burke, yeah. Yeah. So when they went to his house to arrest him, they went in and found a bunch of guns that were used in the killing. Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's how they kind of tied the two. So together. Fred Burke was kind of a, he was kind of a shithead. 
but somebody could have put it in his house to make him. Oh bad. yeah, is that so, is it? Because the police, the yeah. police did that, right? You never know. They planted evidence. I ain't never seen those before a right. day in my fucking life. Yeah. All right, you see that? I've never look at me. Right. Do I look like the kind of guy? Yeah. Do I look like that guy? No, I'm over here making fucking pasta, and you guys think I'm killing people. Right. Well, that's a horrible Italian accent. <laughs> Not talk like that. Or is it? Yes, it's bad. You want me to talk like this instead of just better? Is it better if I have this kind of accent like this? Kind of like it. You like that one? A little bit better. A little better? Yeah. All right. <laughs> I got to squint my eyes like, yeah, you like do. De Niro. I got to yeah, get De Niro. You look like yeah. De Niro. People say, I, I, it's do. weird. People say I look like De Niro. Yeah. It's fucked up. I mean, you don't really. Right, but when I do this. When you do that look. When I do the look, I, it's my impression we of De Niro. We should take a picture of it and post it on the thing so everyone can see. If I look Robert like De, De Niro. My, my Robert De Niro. Yeah. All right, we'll do that. We'll All make right. sure we do that. Deal. Because you guys are going to see. You're going to see my De Niro. Yeah. <laughs> going to see me like this. Yes. Anyway, <laughs> the case stagnated until uh, December 14th, 1929, when the Berrien County, Michigan Sheriff's Department raided the St. Joseph, Michigan bungalow of Frederick's Dane, quote unquote, Frederick Dane, the registered owner of a vehicle um, driven by Fred the Killer Burke. Burke had been drinking that night, then rear ended another vehicle and drove off. Patrolman Charles Skelly pursued, finally forcing him off the road. Skelly hopped onto the running board of Burke's car, but he was shot three times and died of his wounds that night. That sucks. Mm. The car was found wrecked and abandoned just outside St. Joseph and traced to Fred Dane. Fred Rick Dane, quote, hanger, hanger, quote. By this time, oh, I haven't done the hanger, hanger in a while. No, That's my quotes. That? Because you can't, people can't see me do quotes. So I say, oh. so I say, hanger, hanger. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, hanger, hanger. That's my, yeah, anyway, that's moving strange. on. By this time, police photos confirmed that Dane was in fact Fred Burke. Wanted by the Chicago police for his participation in the St. Valentine's Day Massacre. We got a pin it on someone. Hey, here's something. You just brought this up. Police raided Burke's bungalow. Oh. And okay. found a large trunk containing a bulletproof vest, almost $320,000 in bonds. And that's 1929 yeah, that's money. That's a lot. It's probably close to a million dollars right now. Mm. Um, stolen from a Wisconsin bank, two Thompson submachine guns. Pistols, two shotguns, and thousands of rounds of ammunition. Yeah. Hey, I have got no. I, I didn't fuck. I, those aren't mine. That's for protection. Yeah. You know. No. Just listen, in listen, case. Listen. Uh, listen. Listen. Let's be honest. Bunkers in the the floor. Let's be honest. The money, the bonds. There's not. Those aren't mine. We'll share it. Yeah. Yeah. How about this? <laughs> I give you half. <laughs> right. I take half. I walk away. I was never here. You know what I mean? Yeah. You can take and put the kids in college. You know what I mean? Right. Right. That's probably how it went, too. Listen, listen, fellas. So they used the new science of forensic ballistics, 1929, to identify both weapons as those used in the massacre, like Grace had just said. Dun, dun, dun. There it is. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Sorry, I love that fucking movie. So they also discovered that one of them had also been used to murder New York mobster Frankie Yale a year and a half earlier. Unfortunately, no further concrete evidence surfaced in the massacre case. Like, how much fucking evidence do you need? You got the fucking murder weapon. Mm, you, is it planted? Somebody saw him there. Somebody saw this guy there. They went to his house, and the two, two of the murder weapons were actually there. Hey, you're talking about crooked cops. You're talking about a mafia that runs a city. I don't know. That you're just also seems... talking about Al Capone. 
I, I mean, don't know. He I just, was it seems weird to me. A Robin Hood of Chicago. Yeah, he was kind of the guy, wasn't he? He was the guy. It's kind of like me here in Olmstead Falls. Uh, <sighs> kind of. Kind of, except the exact yeah. opposite. Yeah. Like mm. Al Capone's little soup kitchen that he had. Yeah. For unemployed people. Yeah. Did you know about that? I heard of that. Yeah. yeah. 2,200 people he fed a day during the Great Depression. Really? Yeah. Look at that. For Al Capone, not such a bad guy. Yeah, not a bad guy not at a, all. Not a bad fucking guy. So Burke was captured over a year later in Missouri and on a Missouri farm. And the case against him was uh, strongest in connection to the murder of Officer Skelly. So he was tried in Michigan. And that's the cop that tried to chase him down that he shot three times. Right. That's him. And uh, so he was tried in Michigan and subsequently sentenced to life imprisonment. He died in prison in 1940. So not a very long time afterwards. Mm-mm, no. Did he get prison conditions years. back then? Ugh. Ugh. Not that they're great now. Look. So on January 8th, 1935, FBA, uh, FBA, that's a new thing. <laughs> that's the Federal Bu- uh, Bureau of Assholes, which uh, right. I'm apparently the head agent there. Yes, that's me. So the FBI agents surrounded a Chicago apartment building at 3920 North Pine Grove looking for the remaining members of the Barker Gang. A brief shootout erupted, resulting in the death of bank robber Russell Gibson. Taken into custody were Doc Barker, Byron Bolton, and two women. <laughs> Bolton was a Navy machine gunner and associate of Egan's Rats. You know, Burke, Egan's Rats. All kind of associated here, you know what I mean? And he had been the valet of Chicago hitman Fred Getz. Bolton was Pivy. Privy. <laughs> pivy. <laughs> like a I like to pivy. <laughs> Is that what they call it? A pivy? No. Is it a, that's a pirouette. No, what's a pirouette? pirouette. Is that yeah, a pirouette? French hey, pirouette. look at me. I got that. Yeah. It's only because our granddaughter's in, um, right. in ballet now. In ballet. Yeah. And, yes, uh, our pure. wonderful cousin who owns a dance studio. Shout out to Kaylin. Hey, yes, we love you. So he was privy to many of the Barker gang's crimes and pinpointed the Florida hideout of Ma Barker and Freddie Barker, both of whom were killed in the shootout with the FBI a week later. Bolton claimed to have taken part in the St. Valentine's Day massacre with Getz, Fred Burke, and several others. Bolton like Michael Bolton. <laughs> Bolton like Michael. <laughs> So, a lot of people are fucking coming out. There's a lot of fucking things going on here. I mean, I'm sorry, but 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 Burke definitely he's the, he's at least one of the guys. Mm, this guy coming out gets the fucking guns are the proof. You, you got proof, okay? That that is yeah, that is physical proof. Not okay. Hold on. Yeah, that's kind of circumstantial, only because you can't prove he fired him. You can't prove it. Yeah, you can't yeah. prove he fired it. But damn, is that that's really good yeah. circumstantial evidence though. Yeah. I'm sure you could convince at least most of the jury on that. Six out of the eight. Twelve. Twelve. <laughs> <laughs> There's twelve. There may have been eight that time. I don't know. Right, Maybe yeah, four guys got day. sick. What am I talking? You know what I mean? I'm like, I don't know. I wasn't there. Got the Rona. Yeah, yeah like, <laughs> right. They got the Rona. I mean, yeah. A bit moodier hanging yeah, out right I, now. I wasn't there. I got no fucking idea. Whatever. <laughs> it doesn't matter. So the uh, the FBI actually had no jurisdiction jurisdiction in a state murder case, so they kept Bolton's revelations con- uh, confidential until the Chicago American newspaper reported a second-hand version of his confession. The newspaper declared that the crime had been solved, quote, hang on, hang on, despite being stonewalled by J. Edgar Hoover of the FBI, who did not want any part of the massacre case. Jed, uh, J. Edgar Hoover also was a cross-dresser. Look it up, folks. It's legit. Really? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he had all kinds of... Yeah, he was a weirdo. What's wrong with that? He was a weirdo because he was a cross-dresser? No, he was a weirdo because he was like the head of the FBI and he was a cross-dresser. Oh. Yeah. 
So the head of the FBI has to be completely mentally normal to deal with a bunch of fucked up individuals? Absolutely. Okay. You can't be fucked up and try to fucking run and fucking fucked up people. What do you mean? You can't do that. Yeah, you gotta identify with them. Yeah, that's fine. Send them to the cross-dresser section then. Let them deal with those people. Okay. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with cross-dressing. I don't have a problem with that at all. I'm just saying the head of the FBI should be held to a, a different standard. You know what I mean? But I don't know. I guess it doesn't matter what you do in your own fucking house. Do it, girl. Yeah. Dress however whatever. you want. But I did hear he was a fucking asshole, though. Right. Like, he was an asshole. Most people in power are He was an assholes. asshole. All right. So maybe he would have been Maybe he would have been nicer if people left him alone about the cross-dressing. Right. Maybe if he got to wear a broader word, people would be like, business. Yeah, it's true. You do you. Yeah. Right? I take right. it back, J. Edgar Hoover. All right. 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 You do you. Whatever. Okay. <laughs> I've been swayed. Right. right. I've been swayed. So the newspaper declared that the crime had been solved, like I said, and he didn't want anything to do with it. So garbled versions of Bolton's story went out in the national media. Bolton, it was reported, uh, claimed that the murder of Bugs Moran had been plotted in October or November in 1928 at a uh, uh, Couture, Wisconsin resort owned by Fred Getz. You know, the Getz we were talking about earlier that says that he was part of it with Frank Burke and several others. Present at this meeting were Getz, Mr. Capone, Frank Nitty, Fred Burke, our buddy, Gus Winkler, Louis Campagna, uh, Danielle Ceratella, William Pacelli, and Bolton. You know, the guy Bolton. Bolton like Michael. The men stayed two or three weeks hunting and fishing when they were not planning the murder of their enemies. So they just had a fucking, <laughs> just had a fucking outing. Hey, let's get the boys together. Let's go up to fucking Wisconsin up here. Let's have a good fucking time. Let's relax a little. And let's, you know, we'll do some shooting. We'll fucking right. do some hunting. We'll do some drinking. Blow and, up a tree. And we'll discuss, blow up a tree. I did that today. It was right. fun. Well, I tried to. That, shit, that didn't do anything you to it, by the way. gangster I was. My shot was fucking yeah. gnarly. Like it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, fuck that tree. Right. That's right, tree don't you fuck with me again that's right that tree's not gonna fuck with me again (laughs) (laughs) that's just an inanimate object and you saw what i did to that yeah yeah come at me and if it wasn't dead you wouldn't have killed the tree no yeah yeah, of course yeah yeah, no reason to do that yeah no 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 no. the tree was dead it was falling down it was a hindrance back there so we had to get rid of it and just to clear that up yeah just in case there's some people that are like (gasps) that innocent tree i would say the same thing fucking hippie uh, hey. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm a hippie, I'm Italian. Hey, you just all kinds of shit. Phone right now. <laughs> I'm probably gonna get murder. Yeah, what? Yeah, what? Relations. What? Somewhere, what the you know, hell? Are you great, great, great grandparents? Something or another? I don't are, know. Are you like confessing to something right now? No, not oh, at all. Jesus. Yes. So Bolton claimed that he and Jimmy Moran were charged with watching the SMC Cartage Garage and phoning the signal to the killers at the uh, Circus Cafe when Bugs Moran arrived at the meeting. Police had found a letter addressed to Bolton in the lookout nest and possibly a vial of prescription medicine, so that would probably have his fucking name on it. Bolton guessed that the actual killers had been Burke, Winkler, Getz, Rob Carey, Raymond <laughs> great nickname, Crane Neck Nugent, and Claude Maddox, you know, the guy that owns the cafe. Mm. You know, it, cause, because that would uh, equate to uh, four shooters and two getaway drivers. Right. Okay, so that's what they're saying is in there right now. Okay. Yeah. Bolton gave an account of the massacre different from the one generally told by historians. He claimed that he saw only, quote, plain clothes, hang on, hang on, men exit the Cadillac and go into the garage. So he didn't see anybody dressed like a cop. Okay. 
This is this is what his story is. His story is. It's probably related to him. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. Right. That's what I'm just saying. <laughs> I got no idea what you're talking about. What do you mean, 14 it's shots? Fuck you. Yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> this indicates that his second car was used by the killers. George uh, Bridget claimed to have seen at least two unif- uh, ununiform. Wait. Yeah, two uniformed men exiting a car in the alley and entering the garage through its rear doors. A peerless motor company sedan had been found near a Maywood uh, house owned by Claude Maddox in the days after the massacre, and in one of the pockets was an address book belonging to victim, the victim, Albert Weinshank. Okay, getting it? Right. Right. Yes. Bolton said that he had mistaken one of Moran's men to be Moran, after which he telephoned the signal to the uh, the circus cafe. So, in other words, he was supposed to be a lookout. He thought somebody, remember earlier we said they dressed alike or whatever. Mm-hmm. He's like, oh, that's him. He's coming now. Oh, right. And he called in and it wasn't him. Yeah. So, the killers had expected to kill Moran and two or three of his men, but they were unexpectedly confronted with seven men. They simply decided to kill them all and get out fast. So, Moran was supposed to die in this. Right. But was not because they mistakenly thought that he was somebody else. But the point was there, right? Oh, the point. Oh, yeah. yeah. What? What? I mean, yeah, the point's there. But the point at that, to me, if I'm a crime boss and I'm going up against somebody who's, you know, Al Capone or somebody of that stature, and then supposedly, hanger, hanger, they go and kill my crew thinking that I'm part of that crew, I'm coming after you now. You know really? what I mean? I would hide. No, no, yeah. you can't do that in this yeah. these situations. Oh, these motherfuckers did not hide. do this in this situation. These guys were like, I want him dead. I want him all dead. I want his head in my fucking bed tonight. I want to fucking sleep next to I it. I wouldn't say that I wouldn't tell people I would want him dead. I just wouldn't be doing the killing myself. But that, that want him dead is you go now and kill you're these guys. Get in your car. You're going to load it up. You're going to put on a diaper and just drive across town and find them. Why would you put on a diaper? Isn't that what that like NASA girl did? Put on a diaper. She was like driving cross country and she wanted to get somewhere to kill someone. I don't know. What the fuck are you talking about? She was on a mission. Some chick was going to kill somebody, so she put on a diaper so yeah. she didn't have to stop. Yeah, it's a thing. Okay, I'm gonna have to look into that. Yeah. Wow, what kind up. of shit are you reading? I'm You're not. starting to freak me out. No. Oh man. It was in the news, I think. Oh, my God. That's so... People were talking about it. (laughs) Um, So Bolton, uh, again, uh, claimed that Capone was furious with him for his mistake and the resulting police pressure and threatened to kill him, only only to be dissuaded by Fred Getz. So Fred Getz was like, boss, boss. Don't do it. Don't fucking kill him. You know what I mean? He's a good guy. He fucked up. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, and I, I am also sorry for my really bad accent. Yeah, for, for especially for anyone Italian out there, I really apologize for that. But I'm not like, hey, Baba the Booby. Italy. In Italy, yeah. right? Well, no, Italians in general. I'm, because, I'm Italian, and well, I don't even know if I know. But you told me earlier right you didn't wrong. like it. Oh, right. Well, Please. I love everything you do. Oh, happy Valentine's! Valentine's. Oh, oh, so sweet. Yes. So his claims were corroborated by Gus Winkler's widow, Georgette, in an official FBI statement and in her memoirs, which were, is it memoirs or memoirs? I thought it was memoirs. Memoirs. Yeah. Memoirs. That's such a fucking weird word. Memoirs. Wow. Or whatever. Which were published in a four-part series in a true detective magazine during the winter of 1935 to 1936. She revealed that her husband and his friends had formed a special crew used by Capone for high-risk jobs. So he's got his own fucking little posse. He got a little group. I got these guys. This is my highlight. My high guys. The elite. The elite. 
right? Right. Where the elite don't meet, right? Absolutely. <laughs> so she, uh, the, the mob boss was said to have uh, trusted them implicitly and nicknamed them the American Boys. Bolton's statements were also backed up by William Drury, a Chicago uh, detective who had stayed on the massacre case long after everyone else had given up. Bank robber Alvin Carpus later claimed to have heard secondhand from Ray Nugent about the massacre, massacre and that the American boys were paid a collective salary of $2,000 a week plus bonuses. That's probably $2,000. I'm trying to think. That's probably, uh, probably what, close to ten grand a week? Yeah, I'd say in today's money. That's a lot of money. Yeah, that's that's good money. Shit, two grand a week right now. I'd fucking take yeah, that. It, that. I mean, I'm, but at, back in the day, Al Capone was the richest man in America. Was he really? At 30 years old. Oh, absolutely. Really? Yeah. yeah. Fred Reese, his bookkeeper, when they were in court, he testified. And uh, he said one of his houses cleared 25000 a week. Or, I'm sorry, a month. But... For the most part, I think altogether it was like a hundred million dollars a year that he made. In in money, in twenty nine money, like twenties and thirties money. Yeah, holy Back shit! Back in the day, so take Baller. two thousand of that, and that's nothing. Oh, it's chump change. Yeah, chump change. So Carpus also claimed that Capone had told him while they were in Alcatraz together that Getz had been the actual planner of the massacre Ooh. so that's they, they, everyone's going no i didn't he did it no he did. I, uh, listen i heard that he heard that she told him but you didn't hear this from me but right but, right right but you didn't hear it from me all right, right. all right but i'm just telling you, you what i heard right right that's what's going on right here it's like a just a fucking weird ass game so despite byron bolton's statements no action was taken by the fbi all the men whom he named were dead by 1935. So think about that real fast. 1929 is when the massacre took place. Six years later, everyone that he mentions that could have potentially been involved in this fucking massacre, they're dead. Well, I would too. They're gone. I'd be like, that guy that's dead did it, and the other guy that's dead did it. And oh, I see what you're saying. You're more so it. saying he was like picking people that they can't go after anymore. You can't go after anyone. I was more that. so saying like, what if these guys actually were the culprits and oh, they just happened to find themselves dead? Well, then you're very. You know what I'm saying? Oh, handsome. But no, 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 handsome. no. That goes to show like the okay. If I were a mob boss and there was a loose end, loose ends got to go. So yeah, if, if you were there part was of, a loose end, I would understand. Right, that. that's what that's what I'm saying. So yeah. you're saying that he he's just naming off people well, that are all the dead people. Okay, okay. With the exception of Burke and Maddox, those were the two right. that weren't dead yet. Yeah. Bank robber Harvey Bailey complained in his 1973 autobiography that he and Fred Burke had been drinking beer in Columet City, Illinois, at the time of the massacre, and the resulting heat forced them to abandon their bank robbing ventures. <laughs> he's like, you listen, bastard. you motherfuckers, I had a fucking thing going on, and then you come out. You blame this right. guy, so we had to stop fucking stealing shit. Thanks a lot. Yeah. Thanks. Right. <laughs> it's amazing. Historians are still divided on whether or not the American boys committed the St. Valentine's Day massacre. So many mobsters have been named as part of the Valentine's Day hit team. Two prime suspects are Cosa Nostra hitmen John Scalise and Albert Anselmi. In the days after the massacre, Scalise was heard. This is the guy that uh, got killed not too long afterwards. Okay. To brag, quote, uh, and it's quote, hang on, hang on. no, I'm just kidding. I am the most powerful man in Chicago. So this guy's Ooh, yeah. stepping on Al's toes. Yeah, he's trying to think he's yeah. Mr. Fucking Barney Badass. Uh, Union uh, Siciliana, president. Oh, wait. Union. 
So that's the Sicily, uh, Sicilian Union. So it's Union Siciliana. That's what they called it. I did it horribly, but that's what they... Anyway, yeah, yes. anyway the president, Joseph Gianti, had recently elevated him to the position of the Union's vice president. Nevertheless, Scalise, Anselmi, and Gianti were found dead on a lonely road near Hammond, Indiana on May 8th, 1929. Gangland lore has it that uh, Capone had discovered that the pair were planning to betray him. This is what we talked about earlier. And legend states that Capone produced a baseball bat at the climax of a dinner party thrown in their honor and beat them all to death with his bare fucking hands in a baseball bat. That's kind of hard to do. Like you would kind of. It to says legend. Some... Legend right. states. Like, okay. So think about it. You walk into a, you're in an atmosphere where you're at dinner with three of your friends you, you, you got to pick up a baseball bat and kill them all. Like, if I'm hitting you, if if I'm there and somebody's hitting one of my friends, I would think at that point in time I'd get up and I'd try to tackle them. Yeah, but it's got to happen fast. It's got to happen fast. How so, are you going to kill so someone if they're, really fast if with they're a baseball grouped, bat? If they're grouped, <laughs> if they're grouped together, you walk in, you pop one right on top of that noggin. He's out. You turn it's not around like a fucking chicken. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't you? <laughs> All right. Side note: I think I told this story before, but if you don't remember, maybe you should go back and listen to some of the episodes. I accidentally killed a bunch of my grandmother's chickens by bopping them on the head with a stick. Right. Anyway, Grace, anyway. I wasn't saying they were like chickens, but if you hit someone in the head with a fucking bat on top of their head or even on the side, it's you're that gone, especially with enough strength. And Capone wasn't some chump. That. He wasn't some chump. He wasn't like some little scrawny dude. You know what I mean? A dude ate pasta every fucking meal. You know what I mean? Like he was a fucking big boy. So I'm thinking you hit one, boom. But it's all—it's got to be like off the side of, like you're not seeing it coming. And so everyone looks, what the fuck? At that time, you're kicked back. You're hitting the other one, knocking him out. So then it's one-on-one. -on -one. I don't know about that. These yeah, guys are I'm gangsters. Saying, I'm just saying. Like you're, like, you're going to get up after getting hit, like, in the head with a baseball bat. No, you're I'm not getting up. <laughs> Well, if you're not, I'm obviously, not in the mafia. I'm just saying, I'm not doing shit. These are badass people. So this is a legend. Yeah, it's a, we'll exactly. It's a legend. So okay. police tested the two Thompson submachine guns, uh, which are serial numbers 2347 and 7580, for those out there that, uh, you know, give a fuck, found in Fred Burke's Michigan bungalow and determined that both had been used in the massacre. One of them had also been used in the murder, again, of Brooklyn mob boss Frankie Yale, which confirmed the New York Police Department's long-held theory that Burke had been responsible for Yale's death. So they knew, they knew, they suspected that Burke had killed this other guy. And then they find the guns, and it's like, okay, it's part of this whole fucking thing, you know. Mm -hmm. So that that evidence is starting to become a little more tight, okay. you know. So Les Farmer, a deputy sheriff in Marion, Illinois, purchased gun number two three four seven on November twelfth, nineteen twenty four. So that's one of the Submachine guns, the uh, the Thompsons. Marion and the surrounding area were overrun by the warring bootleg factions of the Shelton Brothers gang and Charlie Berger. Far uh, Farmer had ties with Egan's Rats, based 100 miles, Egan's Rats, Berg, remember mm -hmm. talking about that, based 100 miles away in St. Louis, and the weapon had wound up in Fred Burke's possession by 1927. So Fred Burke got a hold of this because somebody went in there, basically fucking stole it because there was a bunch of shit going on, so he ended up getting it. It is possible that he used the same gun in Detroit's uh, Milaflores massacre on March 28th, 1927. So another fucking massacre. So this guy's got kind of a... Going around. Yeah, he's he going gets around. He's, he gets around like a donut. Right. Yeah. So Chicago sporting goods owner uh, Peter Von Francia sold gun number 7580 
to a Victor Thompson, also known as Frank V. Thompson, but it wound up with James Bozo Shoop, a small-time hood from Shoop Chicago's... <laughs> you packed in your stack, especially in the back, brother, want to thank your mother for a butt like that. Can, Can I get, get some, some fries, fries with the Shake Shake movie? If it looks would kill, you would be an Uzi with a shotgun. Bang. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so he was a small town hood from Chicago's West Side who had ties to various members of Capone's outfit. Both guns are still in the possession of the Berrien County, Michigan Sheriff's Department to this day. Oh, okay. They still have those fucking guns. They don't have them like in a museum anywhere? <sighs> no, it's in the Michigan Sheriff's Department. Like, because listen. Why are they holding on to it? Because if, as things come out, cold cases can be reopened. DNA. DNA can come oh, prevalent. Okay. Technology advances. Are they checking that? I don't know. It's Chicago. Or, yeah, they're in Chicago. It's Michigan. Isn't it Michigan, did you say? Chicago. Has? Yeah, the Michigan Sheriff's Department, but that's where Chicago is, in Michigan. So, right? No, it's in <laughs> Illinois. <laughs> Hi, wine. <laughs> I don't know why the fuck they have it then. I don't know why I thought that. <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, I also get this one for that. <laughs> I don't think I've ever heard you say anything ever. My brain We've been together nine years and I've never heard you say anything that wasn't the most intelligent thing I've heard. Well, you don't ever. listen to this show very often. I've <laughs> never listened to this show. I've listened to it once while I was right. No, okay, and now yeah. saying that too, like I want the listeners to know the only reason she doesn't she doesn't listen to podcasts. She either listens to music or music I, no i don't even watch tv yeah. i don't watch i really rarely watch movies yeah. i'm not connected to the world like yeah you literally listen to music is. you get you you work out and you listen to music in your car you listen to music you just you're yeah. always listening to music yeah That's what or you do. talking to people actually having interactions with people yeah fuck all that yeah anyway um there's more wine in that box right there if you want to grab another Okay. Yeah. Well, Are you yeah. asking me to do that? I'm fucking. Yes, of course You're I'm asking me you. To do no, that? I'm not telling you. No. Okay. <laughs> not doing that. I will go. Would fetch not do that. Be so, so I guess my question is <laughs> first of all, why the fuck did I think Chicago was in Michigan? <laughs> I don't know. That was so weird. Oh, oh my God. I am so sorry for that, folks. Um, but But why does Michigan have it then? Uh, oh, you know why? Because it's the uh, the Miller Flores massacre in Detroit. That's why they have that. That's where my brain was going. There was a no. I fucked up, folks. That's all there is to it. I fucked up. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. You go over there. You're, You're just reading. Right. Yeah. So the garage at two one two two North Clark Street was demolished in 1967, and the site is now a parking lot for a nursing home. The bricks of the north wall against uh, which the victims were shot were purchased by a Canadian businessman. So somebody bought. Ooh, I did research this. Oh, boy. Yeah, I did. Yeah. What did you find? I'm excited. What did you find? Let me see that. Um, Here. I'll open it. Yeah, you can open it. Thank you. So um, the guy bought the bricks. He didn't say for how much. Okay. He said possibly a couple thousand. Possibly a couple thousand. Possibly. It might have been five bucks. Yeah. It might have he, been five million. Yeah. So uh, there were 300 bricks that he bought. And these are, okay. Were they like bloodstained and shit? Or like, I would assume. So, I mean, originally they were probably bloodstained. And ridden with like bullet holes, right? I and assume. they had bullet holes. But um, he ended up putting paint on there to look like blood because obviously the blood during time of transferring it everywhere and age and everything else yeah. yeah so now if you look at it it's actually right now it's on exhibit on the uh, mob museum 
in Las Vegas. Vegas, of, of course, Vegas. It's on the third floor. If anyone goes there, or if you're wait, where Vegas, the fuck is the Mom Museum in Vegas? It's in Las Vegas, somewhere. So I, I don't know. I guess I never knew that thing was that ever existed. Yeah. So um, these three hundred uh, bricks that they, this guy purchased, mm -hmm. uh, he tried selling it a couple times for money. People, nobody wanted to spend. He, I think it was like a couple bricks for a couple thousand dollars, and people really didn't want them. He tried traveling around with them. He tried so many different things, and at one point in time, he bought a bar. And um, let dummy, me see. I know. <laughs> no, oh, I'm just kidding. No, I'm just kidding. It's a lot of work. We that's own all. You a bar and it's amazing. And it's just a lot of work. I that's love all. it. Yeah, we do. I know. It's just a lot of work. Yeah. You got to anyway. have the right skin for it. That's all. Because if not, it'll fucking eat your soul. Soul. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> or ass. Either he, way. He, <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, he bought a uh, bar and he called it the Banyo Palace. That he owned and Wait, um huh. Isn't Banyo isn't that the bathroom? Bathroom. The bathroom palace. Yes. <laughs> do you want to know why it's called that? Yes, I do. Because he took those three hundred bricks and he put it in the bathroom and he put plexiglass in front of it and there were little targets where you could pee at for the bowl. <laughs> Sorry. John just went to go drink and oh almost my God. spit it up everywhere. I almost everywhere. spit all of my beer or my wine everywhere. So wait a minute. Can you put a plexiglass with targets so you yeah. can shoot or you can Where try to piss at the bullet holes Yes. What the fuck? This guy, is, first of all, he's either insane or awesome and I kind of um, want to meet him. Pretty sure he was Canadian. He is. He's Canadian, eh? Yeah. No, yeah. he was a Canadian man. Yeah. Oh, that's yeah. pretty amazing. Yeah, so you should kind of like check it out. I I think we should. <laughs> so we all right. Hold on, I'm gonna look this up real quick. It's called the Mob Museum. Yeah, Mob Museum. Las Vegas. Downtown Las Vegas, right here. Yeah, third floor. The third fucking bricks. floor. Oh look, at, wow, their website's awesome. Yeah, it's like an actual like holy shit. Um, it's the National Museum of Organized Crime and Law Enforcement, the Mob Museum. National Museum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. I want to go. I, I totally right. want to go to this. Yes. What? Right. How cool. I didn't know this thing you even know what's existed. Really cool they've been doing are these like um, virtual tours of museums. Okay. Like when I was taking an art class in college, like you could go to like the Louvre and you could just literally like you were walking around and you could kind of take the camera and go up and down and it it's so cool not saying that you can do that on there that is insane like, it's beautiful like it looks really fucking cool like look at this the museum? Here, I'll show you. yeah here. can you did you look up the bricks no but i will right now but uh it's located at uh 300 stewart avenue downtown las vegas steps from fremont street Ooh, we yeah. like fremont street yeah fremont street's fun wait which one's fremont street that's the one where they have the, it's like covered and you can like do the, the whole zip old, old Vegas. thing. Yeah. Old Vegas with right? the yeah, with the lights that go over. Isn't and that Fremont? That, that dinosaur thing that spits out that fire that has the big park that you can go to and has the treehouse. 
Remember? Yeah, we, uh, we went there with our friends uh, Ken and Nikki. Yeah. We went there, Ken from Voodoo Vodka. Voodoo Vodka. Yeah, which is amazing. By the way, if you guys are out there and you guys you can get a hold of the Voodoo Vodka, they have their Valentine's Day stuff out right now. They only have a few bottles left. A Valentine's Day? Yeah, they did a really co- uh, cool like red and whatever top thing for it. Like, uh, you know how they have the wax oh, top the or wax whatever? Top. Yeah, they did a, a really good job of that. So, Aww. yeah. Good for them. Yeah, that was pretty yeah. awesome. Miss yeah. your friends. Yeah, I miss my friends. Kind of. Yeah, kind of. <laughs> no, we miss them. I miss Ken. Yeah, I miss me. I miss people all those people in general. Yeah, we don't really. This hang is hard. Out. We don't hang out with a lot of people yeah. anymore. Well, this yeah. pandemic, where the whole country is grounded. Yeah, it, it does feel like we're uh, you know just been a bunch of bad little bastards. Right. So they lifted the curfew as of two days ago, and yesterday I was in a bar past ten, and I felt like I was like doing something horrible i know you did not want to leave you didn't you did not want to get out of there i was like i stayed i was felt like i was doing something (laughs) horrible i was tired i'm like i need to get out of here yeah so anyway that ladies and gentlemen was our valentine's uh, saint valentine's massacre do you have more to talk about i do i have one other please 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 do it please do it so when you were talking about all the people that were in those was it seven guys that got shot? Yes. You also mentioned a dog. Yes. What was the name? Highlight or something like that? Uh, highball. Highball. Yeah. He lived. Hey! The dog didn't get killed. Hey! Yeah. Highball made it. That's awesome. Right. Hey! Yeah, I'm very happy to say that. Yeah, that's and, awesome. And um, the only other thing that I researched slightly, okay. I didn't really research it. Actually, Katie researched it, and then she told me about it. Katie Bravnik, one of our producers, yes, who was on is. our bonus episode. She was, mm-hmm. and she does a great job on the bonus episode. So if any of you have time to kind of check that out. She's There's no great. have time. Get over there and sign up for Patreon. Yeah. Our bonus episodes are amazing, and we're going to have more and more content like that. So get your asses over there and do it. It's five bucks a month you guys spend more than that on coffee we do <laughs> yes. no we make our own coffee at home yeah but that coffee is expensive smart though. about that I mean, kind like of we, stuff we drink, we drink good drink coffee a lot. we drink good coffee and we yeah. drink a lot of coffee anyway but katie is just like every time she comes over we'll start talking and john will go off about something that he's researching and katie will just give him all this knowledge or after an episode, she'll be like, oh, I was listening to this episode. And but I she totally... is a very avid podcast listener. She right. listens to a lot of shit. Yeah. And she travels a lot, so she gets a chance to do that, too. Right. Yeah. yeah. So... She actually works for, I think I can drop it. Can I drop the name where she works? I wouldn't say where okay. she works. It well, doesn't really it. matter. Whatever. But she travels and opens up new stores. It rhymes with Pop- Hive Hello. <laughs> And she's actually like a you know a higher up person there that does yeah. all kinds of shit. Yeah, she's so. an amazing yeah. human being. She is. She's pretty awesome. She's got lots of talents. But anyways, yeah. so um, I had asked her to help me out because I was very nervous. I am not a spotlight kind of person. If anyone knows me, I'm sure none they of don't. you do. <laughs> so well, they know I talk about you all the time. But okay, that's about it. Yeah. so I don't listen to the show, so I don't know much about the show. Not that I don't listen to it because I have anything against it, but I just. I'm not a podcaster, and I don't like evil things. I'm like, uh, I like. Boy, to- did you marry the wrong dude? <laughs> You're not evil, but either or way, am I? Yeah. So. Okay. <laughs> anyway, what do you got? Um. So, the Valentine's Day massacre wasn't the only killing 
and Valentine's Day. Oh, what else? Do you remember, I think it was a South African uh, para-Olympic athlete that killed his girlfriend? The guy was, uh, he was uh, um, uh, the, the paraplegic. He had the yeah. springs and I was like, he was like super fucking fast. Yes, right. I heard about this. Was that on Valentine's that Day? That was on Valentine's he Day. He claims that he, he was... There was an intruder. Intruder, and she was in the bathroom up yes. against the door, and he shot her. Yes. Yeah. I yeah. do remember that. I didn't know that was on Valentine's Day. That was on Valentine's wow. Day. Wow. What the fuck was his name? Thank you, Katie. Wow. That's great. That's great info. Yeah. Oh, my God. Uh, hold on. I got to find this real quick, because okay. I, I just listened to I just listened to an episode of one of my favorite podcasts. I'm going to throw them out there real fast. Um, uh, Crime and Sports. They did an episode on him, and it's fucked up. Really? Yeah. Hmm. Like his entire life and what he did, and he just turned out to be kind of a complete scumbag. And he claims that yeah, there was intruder, but yet it didn't make much sense or whatever like that. And, and you know what? You guys look it up. Look, I was gonna look it up, but you guys look it up anyway. So that 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 is has that's been our our Valentine's, Aww. a special little Valentine's with my Valentine, right? Which makes it more special. One and only, hopefully. Yeah, well, of teasing. course. Just of course. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Kill you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you guys heard that, didn't you? <laughs> He'd be swimming with the fishies. Yeah, yeah, that's very true. So um, th I, I, that's an amazing story, first of all. I love learning about the, you know, St. Valentine and all the saints and, mm -hmm. of course, Capone and the shit that went down. But you know what we're going to talk about now? And, Grace, since you are kind of new here, we're going to do one of my favorite things, and this is why we keep doing it. It's the movies. And now, boys and girls, it's your favorite part of the show, the movie review. Which top 10 movies will make the cut today? So since it's Valentine's Day, we're going to talk about the top 10 most romantic movies Aww. ever made. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. I was going to be I was going to be like, we're going to do the top 10 bloodiest movies or whatever like that, because, you know, whatever. But I was like, ah, whatever. You know, it's romance. I could have researched this. It's OK. We got candles. We got wine, honey. Okay. This is me and All you. Right. We're vibing, baby. All right. And, and the funny thing is, is we've probably never seen any of these movies. Wait. So we're going to find out and we're going to watch at least one of them tonight, I think. Oh, what do you really? think about that? You want to yeah. do that? All right. We're going to do that. OK, so number 10, number 10. That's for Riley. You little shit. Um, of course, this is on the IMDb, love IMDb, once I figure out their algorithms. Um, it's called, from 1935, it is Top Hat. And it is, yeah, 1935, old school. Look at that. I don't believe this. Yeah, look at that. It's got a 100% tomato meter and a 91% uh, audience score. A glamorous and enthralling depression era diversion. Uh, Top Hat is nearly flawless with acrobatics by Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers that make the hardest physical stunts seem light as air. Okay, so it's Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers back in the day, uh, back in the, what was this, 30, 35? Is that what it was? Which is ironic. Which is weird. Uh, ironic. Yeah, same era. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of fucked up. So they were like two of the most famous people in the world because they were just dancers and they were in a shit ton of movies together. So it's called Top Hat. It actually sounds kind of cool. We should see that. It's got a 100%, 100 fucking percent. I don't believe this thing. It's got 100%. Hold on. It's got 100% out of 42 reviews. <laughs> oh, that makes a lot more sense. I'm not sure why that is. I okay. don't really understand right. why that is, but you know, why how could it I don't know. Again, I don't understand. All right. Um number 9 is another 100%. It is The Philadelphia Story from 1940. 
offering a wonderfully witty script, spotless direction from George Cooker, and typically excellent lead performances, the Philadelphia story is an unqualified classic. What year was this? Uh, 1940. No, 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 not this movie where they're picking the top 10. This is recent. Yeah, this is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a. Uh, I'm pretty sure I haven't seen any movie from the 30s. That doesn't ever. mean. That doesn't. You, you didn't watch The Simpsons growing up. Okay, so we should do a <laughs> poll with all our listeners or your uh, listeners. What? You sorry. can say our. You're in our this with me now. Listeners. Yeah. And we should find out how many people have seen any movies prior to the 70s. I don't know. I don't think I've ever seen anything. I have. I've seen a bunch, like seven. Si- what is it? Seven sisters for seven brothers, or whatever it's called. Yeah, like things that... like that. I loved like anything with Bing Crosby back in the okay. day. Yeah. We should take a poll. All right. So what's the poll? Finding out if anyone's ever watched a movie from that era. Okay. We'll. we'll, we'll, we'll you guys got to let us know. What is your favorite movie past what year? I, I would. I mean, I. I don't know. I'm not as. Let's old say past nineteenth. What the fuck does that mean? <laughs> because I, I, my parents didn't watch old westerns. So let's say still. romance movies, romance movies or any movies. Uh, I would say any, but I mean, if you want to go with like past okay, romance, let's movies say past nineteen sixty, the sixties. Yeah, that should be a poll. Okay, let me. Ask. We're gonna. You guys got to let us know what movies past the sixties that you actually have watched. Don't lie. Don't go up and look at some fucking thing. Be like, oh, you know, Five I really like minutes the, doesn't count. You know, yeah, in five minutes, like an actual movie that you love from back in the day. And by the way, I'm pretty sure this actually has a ton. It's Cary Grant, Catherine Hepburn, oh, and James Stewart, Jimmy Stewart. Man. Yeah, you know Jimmy Stewart. Listen, if I'm sounding ignorant, let us know what movie yeah. I should watch. Now, I have, I, to, I have to do something because Moody's not here. Um, We've got some uh, actual reviews. So... Prick Longbottom has to come back here and he has to talk about these real fast, okay? Right now? Yes, correct. Are we so, doing the 10 movies? Yes, we are. But we're still talking about the Philadelphia story reviews, okay? So just sit back, okay? Pretty girl, would you just relax? Okay, thank you. So almost 80 years to the what date the after its theatrical fuck? release, the Philadelphia story remains one of the best screwball comedies oh. of all time. And Mike Massey says the overabundance of mix-ups, feigned surprise excitement, bitter arguments, and complex situations make for a brisk class riot. (laughs) That's what he says. That's what he says. Okay. So we have a reviewer on our show. Oh. Yes. And his name is Prick Longbottom. And he's kind of an asshole. Prick Longbottom. Prick Longbottom, yeah. Did you come up with uh, his name? Uh, no, I did not. Actually, that's his name. I, I don't know. His parents came up with his name. I have no idea. Oh, this is an actual person? Yeah, he just left. Did you not hear that? Like, what are you talking about? Oh, that guy. Yeah. It's kind of a douchebag. Number eight, 2018. 2018, Call Me By Your Name. Ooh, that sounds dirty. <laughs> um. It's got the chick from uh, oh, the yeah. the water movie. What's it called? The the the, the, the one did. where she's deaf and she yeah. falls in love with a water guy. Call me by your name offers a melancholy, powerfully affecting portrait of first love, empathetically acted by Timothy Chalamet and Army Hammer. Army Hammer reminds me of Armin Hammer. That's such a weird name. So anyway, this has ninety four percent. Oh, it's a gay and lesbian romance. Um, from 2017, 80, uh, 94% tomato meter and 86 um, audience score. I've never heard of this before. I haven't either. 
Yeah, I have not that I've heard of a lot of things. Ever. Yeah, I've never heard of this before. You uh, can watch that tonight. Movie info right here. Uh, ba -ba 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 -ba. Let's see actors in this. Directed by Luca Guadagnino. Guadagn. Ah, fuck. <laughs> uh, thank you. It says it's the summer of 1983, and precocious 17-year-old Elio Perlman is spending the days with his family at the 17th-century villa in Lombardy, Italy. He soon meets Oliver, a handsome doctoral student who's working as an intern for Elio's father. Amid the sun-drenched splendor of their surroundings, Elio and Oliver discover the, he uh, the heady beauty of awakening desire over the course of a summer that will alter their lives forever. Made $18 million. Yeah, you know, I mean, whatever. So this gross. is like movies that are the most These are considered the most revered. They have the, the highest world. ratings. Yes, highest ratings. Okay. So uh, that was uh, yeah number eight. Number, oh shit. We're going fucking way back again. It's The Adventures of Robin Hood. Ooh, like Al Capone. The original Adventures of Robin Hood. This is from 1938. And it's 100% uh, tomato meter and 89% audience score. <laughs> it's Errol Flynn. Errol Flynn's freaking amazing. When King Richard the Lionheart is captured, his scheming brother, Prince John, plots to reach the throne to the outrageous Sir Robin of Loxley, the banded king of Sherwood Forest. Rounding up his band of men and eventually winning the support of the lovely maid, Marion, Robin accuses Prince John of treachery and, when the escaped Richard returns covertly to England, joins forces with the king to prevent Prince John from taking the crown. Yeah. We all know the story of fucking Robin Hood. This is just like yes. the first one that ever hit the screen. 1938, Errol Flynn. Uh, doesn't say how much it actually made, but it fucking got a fucking ton of reviews. and 100%. I mean, that's pretty fucking pretty good. Um, number six. Number six. This is The Big Sick, which I've seen this on Netflix. I've never watched. In fact, we watched the uh, previews for this before. Yeah, you and I have watched the previews for this before. It looked amazing. No, it didn't. No, it didn't. <laughs> it did not at all. Obviously. 98% uh, tomato meter and 88% audience score. And, of course, this one says, uh, Kumail is a Pakistani comic who meets an American graduate student named Emily at one of his stand-up shows. As their relationship blossoms, he soon becomes worried about what his traditional or what his traditional Muslim parents will think of her when Emily suddenly comes down with an illness that leaves her in a coma. Uh, Kumail finds himself developing a bond with her deeply concerned mother and father. Yeah, so there you go. Sounds amazing. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's on, it's called The Big Sick. Pretty sure it's yeah, on uh, Amazon. I should rush to watch that. <laughs> Doesn't sound good, does it? No. One of my favorites, number five. You ready for this one? 1952, Singing in the Fucking Rain. Love this movie. I. Who are we asking what the top 10 movies are? This is IMDb. This is the International Movie Database. This is like the place for movies. This is where like all movies kind of go through. I'm confused. <laughs> Go ahead. So this is Gene Kelly, Donald O'Connor, Debbie Reynolds, 100% tomato meter, 95% audience score. If you guys have never seen Singing in the Rain, it, you've seen it, at least part of it, with the guy. He's got his umbrella. It's black and white. I'm pretty sure it's black and white. Yeah. And it, no, it can't be black and white. It's 52. No, it's really bad color. And he's going down and he's got the telephone pole or the light pole and he's swinging off of it and then singing in the rain, just singing in the rain. That's 
this movie, and it's absolutely awesome. A spoof of the turmoil that afflicted the uh, movie industry in the, 19, uh, the late 1920s when movies went from silent to sound, when two silent movie stars, Don Lockwood and Lena Lamont, latest movie, their latest movie, is made into a musical, a chorus girl is brought in to dub uh, Lena's speaking and singing. Don is on top of the world until Lena finds out. Gross $23,900. That doesn't seem right. $23,900? <laughs> oh, I guess from night. What? Whatever. I don't know. I don't do math. Is a shit. Anyway, so that's Singing in the Rain. It is awesome. Number four. It happened one night. I think this is bullshit. <laughs> this is of None all of time. This makes of sense. all time. Of no, all time. Of it's all, of all time, time, there are more people watching movies nowadays. I'm than just there telling are you. back in the I'm just telling 30s. You. Listen, yell, yell at them. Don't yell shit. at me. I'm just telling you. This is It Happened One Night from 1934 back in the Capone days. It's kind of hey, Al Capone. 98% tomato meter, 93% audience score. This is a black and white movie, and Frank Capra's acclaimed romantic comedy, spoiled heiress Ellie Andrews, impetuously marries the scheming King Wesley, leading her tycoon father to spirit her away on his yacht. After jumping ship, Ellie falls in with cynical newspaper reporter Peter Warren, who offers to help her reunite with her new husband in exchange for an exclusive story. But during their travels, the reporter finds himself falling for the feisty young heiress. Hmm. That also sounds amazing. Hey, speaking of the 30s and Al Capone, do we all know about how Al Capone passed away? Yeah, he died of syphilis. Syphilis. In prison. No. I thought he was, yeah, because yeah, he, so he never got, the thing about Capone is he, when he got arrested or whatever, he got arrested on tax evasion. Right. So it wasn't for any of the shit that he did with all the other stuff because they couldn't actually pin it on him. Right. So they found a loophole and they found that he was evading his taxes. And so they ended up fucking arresting him and putting him away for fucking ever. He went to Alcatraz. Right. He did. He actually was um, 33 when he went to prison. So he's, did he contracted it in prison? No, it was more than likely prior to prison but Dirty that's what he died from yeah syphilis his syphilis that's a rough thing to die from too syphilis can be treated with penicillin i looked that up i have no idea about syphilis i swear i've never thank god for that one or any other thing like right. that. I would hope but not. Either way, so um, yeah, he got syphilis, and back in the day, they didn't know how to treat it. And syphilis was a bad disease to die from because it fucks with your brain. Right. So it eats away. It eats away at your at brain. Your brain. So you start getting fucking hallucinations. Yeah. You get all kinds of fucked up shit. Yeah, that's fucked yeah. up. That's a fucked up way to go. So um, when he went to prison. They were trying to treat him to find out how to, like, get rid of the syphilis, and they couldn't figure out how to get rid of it, and they were treating him for, like, malaria or whatever it is, and they were doing all these other things, which was pushing his syphilis further, and I think he ended up dying, like, when he was, he was, I think he was 39 when he got out of prison, and then he was, like, in his early 40s when he died, of syphilis. It's fucking... He was 48 years old. 48. He was 48. You're about to be that, right? Yeah, no. I'm going to be 45. Thank you. 
So uh, he was actually released from prison in 1939. Yeah. And uh, he uh, took off to his mansion in Palm Beach, Florida, suffering from various mental and physical Ill, uh, health issues. He eventually died from heart failure due to, due to syphilis. Syphilis. Ugh, what a yeah. fucking and horrid way to die. He was showing signs of dementia when he was 33 in prison. And he went to Alcatraz and he was one of the first people in Alcatraz. But because he wasn't like high risk they didn't put him in right away they kind of put all the other high risk people in and then they put him in after and did oh. you know oh. Oh, that he got stabbed in prison by half uh, of a scissor half of a scissor i think the guy's name was torres or something lee torres or really yeah I am so proud of you and the text, research you've done text for this. Lucas. Oh, I'm I, sorry. I am so proud of you. Oh, and like, thank you. I am super proud of you. Because yes. li listen, folks out there, I literally told her, I'm like, don't worry about it. I, you know, I because I'd love it when people come on and I want to, uh, you know, get that surprise thing. And, you know, people going, oh, shit, I didn't know that. And she actually went above and beyond and found some shit. That's good. I did because I. Hey, Moody. <coughs> sorry. <laughs> So Moody does all the research for the podcast. No, I'm just saying. You know. Either way, so I, I really don't pay too close attention to a lot of things. So I did not want to sound like an idiot. I, I didn't want to come on here and be like, oh, my God, really? That's so interesting. You don't sound like an idiot. You sound. Okay. You sound very well Thank researched. You. And I like that. That's very yeah. cool. No, I, I had a. a, a very fun time doing this with Katie. Yeah. Oh, that, so you did it like, with Katie too. I did like, it with oh, that's Katie. awesome. We, did, that's we so were cool. like on the phone together and we were like, oh my God, did you know this? <laughs> you guys made it a thing. Yeah, that's it was amazing. Totally a thing. That's awesome. Yeah. So, real quick, sure. what I did find, which was pass the bottle of wine when you're talking. And, and, okay, here's your wine. Thank you. Keep talking. Okay. So, uh, the tax evasion thing that you were talking about? Yeah. He got fined. $50,000 back in the 30s. Which is probably right around one hundred and fifty dollars to $200,000 now. Okay. So he got sentenced 11 years for tax evasion. He had 22 counts. He was convicted for five of them. So um, his fine was $50,000. Mm-hmm. His court fines were $7,629. Which is nothing to him, by the way. Which is nothing to him, but he also had to pay... Two hundred and fifteen thousand in back taxes. Which, back in the thirties, that's a lot of money. Yeah, but this guy was the you you said earlier he was like the richest guy in the world at one point in time. He was the richest guy in America. In America, yeah. So you're trying so to tell me nothing. he couldn't afford that? that? To me, that was a fuck those fucking guys. I'm not giving him my fucking money. That's right. what that was. That was yeah. him. That was him like, fuck those guys. And to be honest, if it wasn't for the syphilis and the shit that he fucking dealt with, getting out of prison in 39, he probably would have led a pretty, like, luxurious lifestyle. Luxurious, yeah. Yeah. I guess he had, a, like, a mansion in yeah. Florida. And his wife, um, so his wife was Irish. Oh. Did you know that? I did not. Ooh. Yeah. I'm pretty sure. Never cross the streams. Yeah, one of our customers, Owen, who we love. Owen dearly. Coughlin, the big O, love him. Yes. I wish to God he listened to this. He said that his like great 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 aunt married Al Capone, and I thought he was lying, but no, his uh, her name was May. May Capone. Yeah. Really. Yeah, and she was Irish. That's it's fucked funny up. Funny that the North Irish. Yeah. He was going against them. Yeah. Like, 
Yeah, and she kind of kept everything like low key. She didn't want to have anything to do with anything after his death. She sold the mansion, got rid of everything. Just did her. Did her. And then she ended up suing um, a production company, I'm pretty sure, because The Untouchables mm. was so yeah. close to Al Capone. Yeah, it was like the Elliot Ness thing and The Untouchables. Yeah. That was, uh, was that Sean Connery? Yeah, Sean Connery and The, uh, the Untouchables. Yeah. 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 Yeah, no shit. Very private. Look at you. Yep. Look at the Done. big brain Done. on Grace. Look, <laughs> no more. But this you know what that the shows, first though? And last time you will ever hear from me, ladies and gentlemen. I Sorry. highly doubt that. Mm-hmm. Anyway, you know what that shows, though? That he was, you know, this Italian guy that ran the streets of fucking Chicago or whatever, and he fell in love with a fucking little Irish girl. Shows that people out there, no matter what you're doing or what, what skin color, what fucking whatever you are, love holds no bounds. You love somebody, that's it. That's it. You I can agree. be you can be different sides of different coins and you can still come together and you can love each other. You do you boo. Right, right. And if you can do it together, even better. Yeah. You know? Power so, yeah, team. Like me and my husband. That's right. Power team up top. Mm-hmm. High five. There it is. All right. So finishing off the movies. Oh, sorry. We just watched this one recently. Oh. It is 2017's The Shape of Water. Watched it mainly because we were doing the Guillermo okay. del Toro movie or movies or That's uh, excuse the me episode one with the lady same lady that, that we talked about in earlier the other movie correct the deaf girl the yeah. IMB obviously is ran by IMDb whatever it is <laughs> they ran by that lady it's just her movies. it's just her right she owns it. Right, because she's like, I like my movie, yeah. and I like my movie, and that was a weird movie. It was cool. I loved it. I yeah, really loved it. I I know. I tried to tell you that. I loved that movie. I thought After it was so we cool. Got married, you tried telling me that. No, you knew that ahead of time. I had to take no. off my eyeliner and nail polish um, to go on a date with you. I didn't know about the eyeliner and nail polish until. Wait, after we were engaged within three weeks. Well, then maybe you should have done your we research. Were married. <laughs> I obviously don't. Thank you. And maybe you should have done your research. So if you guys are not familiar with this, and we've talked about this movie before. Of course, it's Guillermo del Toro. I love him so much. Um, Eliza is a mute, isolated woman who works as a cleaning lady in a hidden high security government laboratory in 1962, Baltimore. Her life changes forever when she discovers the lab's classified secrets, a mysterious scaled creature from South America that lives in a water tank. As Elisa develops a unique bond with her new friend, she soon learns that its fate and very survival lies in the hands of a hostile government agent and a marine biologist. And that dude, he plays the greatest bad guy ever. Yeah, it's just kind of disturbing. What's his name? Michael Shannon? Yeah, Michael Shannon. He is like... He, everything I see him in where he's the bad guy, he is the no, bad guy. he's great. He is the bad yeah. guy. Like, he just puts so much into let's, it. Fuck. Let's, like, talk about the beginning of this movie for the most part. Like, she... Oh, she's diddling herself in the beginning. Diddles herself in the, in the very beginning yep. of the movie. And, and it's, like, a daily thing. So yeah, like, it was, like, a... Routine. A routine yeah. that she get up, brush your teeth, take a shower, diddle myself, go to work. No, yeah. like I don't think we should know about that. I think what it was though, it was showing her loneliness and how she didn't she she didn't have anybody to do uh, to, so wait, you can you know? play chess by yourself and that could <laughs> prove to me that you're lonely. I don't have to watch you diddling yourself. <laughs> this coming from the girl who watched amputee porn. What's the next movie? <laughs> next one, number two. I didn't watch amputee <laughs> porn. 
liar we we talked about it we're no if you guys want to hear about it you have to listen to to the bonus episode it was not by choice yeah just saying so number two is a night at the opera from 1935 and so this is probably put together by critics like (sighs) critics that are like 1935 had the best movie i do not believe this well so it's a night at the opera and it is uh it's the Marx Brothers, Groucho, Chico, and Harpo Marx. It's the night at the opera. The Marx Brothers run amok in the world of opera when Otis B. Driftwood meets aspiring singer Ricardo, who is determined to win the love of fellow performer Rosa, aided by Fiorella and Tommaso. Otis attempts to unite the young couple, but uh, faces oppositions from the preening star Laspari, who also has his sights set on Rosa. <laughs> Traveling from Italy to New York, Otis and friends rally to win or to try and win the day. So it's a fucking old ass movie. It's got the fucking Marx Brothers in it. Marx Brothers were great back in the day. They were like the the less slapsticky uh, stooges back in the day. So if you guys get a chance, and you guys all know who fucking uh, 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 what's his name? Uh, uh, why can't I think of his fucking name now? God bless you. Yeah, thank you. Groucho Marx, you know him. He's got the eyebrows and the fucking mustache. It was like painted on. Okay. You know what I mean? So anyway, number one, and I kind of almost agree with this one, but not really. And of course, this is coming from, to me, this seems like a bunch of, uh, what do you call them? Critics put all this shit together. But number one is Casablanca. I know you've never seen this, and that sucks because this is a fucking fantastic movie. So 1942, Casablanca. If you guys aren't familiar with Casablanca... This is the, you know, here's looking at you, kid. That's where this came from. And that is one of the most um, repeated lines ever. Like, you'll hear people say that Okay, all so we the should time. watch that one. Casablanca. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tonight. Casablanca's fucking amazing. So Humphrey Bogart, you know, he's, he's got that thing where he speaks like this. See? Does that mean you're going to talk like that all week? Probably. You want me to? Mm. You want to do that to you, kid? Yeah. Yeah, do it. <laughs> Uh, so Rick Blaine, who owns a nightclub in Casablanca, discovers his old flame, Ilsa, and finds out that she's in town with her husband, Victor Laszlo. Mm. Laszlo is a famed rebel, and with Germans on his tail, Ilsa knows Rick can help them get out of the country. So it's a it's a it's a great movie, and I could see that being number one. But to, I don't know. To be honest, I would have thought that number one would have been like uh, Notebook. No. Yeah, absolutely. Ew. What? What do you mean? Ew. No. What's your number one? Um. Ooh. Damn, that's a good question. Yeah, I would say like Notebook. I would say Romeo and Juliet with Leonardo DiCaprio. I think that's an amazing movie. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Because that like captures dudes and women. Dudes. Dudes. Like you're going to find the fighting scenes and the family shit yeah see okay so this one uh, i just clicked i clicked on another one this one says like titanic yes um shape of water is on here again but like uh um eternal sunshine of the spotless mind that's one of my all-time favorite that is one of your favorites love that movie it's so weird it is weird yeah but it's so good and such a different role for Jim Carrey. Like, it's such a different role. I agree. Um, You're going so fast. You're because, always going because, so fast. Because you look slow. I don't know what's going on. I actually read things. That's that Call Me By Your Name one. That's the one we were talking about earlier. Is that a 
Ryan Guy. Yeah, that's where the, the, the two guys freaking fall in love with each other. And yeah. Ooh, okay. So we tried watching that Silver Linings playbook. They both had mental issues and mm. it was like really weird. Couldn't figure <gasps> that one out. Dirty dancing. Yes. Oh, Sylvia. Nobody puts baby <laughs> in the corner. Yes, Mickey. Right. What do you call your lover boy? Lover boy. <laughs> and if he doesn't answer? <laughs> I don't. I don't. She know goes, that. oh, lover boy. I and if he still him. doesn't answer, I said, baby. Whoa. There you go. Oh, baby. <laughs> the wine's kicking in, motherfuckers. The bodyguard, that's Body a good one. Bodyguard is a good one. Uh, let's see, Crazy Rich Age Asians? Nope. That's an actual movie. When Harry met Sally. Jerry Maguire. Jerry Maguire. That's a good one. There's your notebook. The notebook. Uh, Honestly, when West I Side met Story. Sean, it reminded me of the notebook. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. you said Ghost. that. Ghost. Ghost. Another one? This is a good look, one. Look, Casablanca. All right, we're watching Casablanca tonight. I'll now, here's I'll... looking at you, kid. Yeah. Look right here. It says Casablanca is the goat, the greatest of all time. That's what they're, everyone says like that. The it, goats that they slap on the asses for Valentine's Day. <laughs> good comeback. Oh, like it. Good. Gets okay. it. I love Juno too. No, Juno I've never awesome. seen Juno. I, I, I actually love all these movies pretty much. I've seen almost every single. A Star is Born. Oh, that, listen, mm. that surprised the shit out of me. First yeah, of all, the I fucking damn love. Golden Doodle sitting by the garage. Yeah. I can't do that. Spoiler alert, and you guys know when you listen to this fucking show that we spoil a lot of shit. But if you haven't seen A Star is Born, it's the guy fucking kills himself the fucking end, and his dog's just sitting he there in the garage. He himself yeah. by the garage door like so if you he, haven't seen it, it's your own fault it came out fucking three years ago yeah it came out of what yeah either way i i don't cry john cries during movies <laughs> i'm I, sensitive man i don't give a fuck i do not cry and when i saw that little golden doodle because golden doodles are so smart by the way we own a good we golden doodle. love our golden doodle and she's they're pretty much the best sensitive, dog ever. they're smart they're yeah. and when i saw that golden doodle sitting there like knowing that its owner killed itself yeah i lost my shit yeah and I don't do that. What's his ever. name? Bradley Cooper. Yeah, Bradley Cooper. He did a great yeah. job. So did she. That's uh the fucking uh singer chick. What the fuck's her name? Uh the weird one. It's fucking Sia? not Sia. Uh, the the fucking the hmm. fucking hell. What the hell is her, her name is? She, uh you know Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga, that's yeah, it. Yeah, she did great. She was awesome. Yeah. Awesome. She was naturally beautiful, which yeah. is really hard when you have that spotlight in Hollywood to yeah. just be this like Blonde hair, big tit, skinny, whatever, every guy. She's amazing. Whatever. She is. She's still a weirdo because she wore a meat suit at one point in time. But I think it's she was making attention. a point. Yeah, she did. Yeah, it's yeah. Like that's, David that's Bowie. David Bowie actually didn't necessarily. He wasn't really as weird as everyone thought he was, but he needed he that attention. He loved little Asian boys. I think he said that because he wanted the attention. Like, if he was to say that, that would get him attention and it would get farther than that if he was like, That is not the kind of attention someone really should want. I really love my Asian wife. Right? Nobody wants to hear that. They want to hear, like, I love Asian 18-year-old boys. Ladies and, and gentlemen, like, oh I love I love Asian food. I don't. See, I do. I, love I don't Asian know food. Asian food to love it. You like pho? Our first date was was pho. Right at a place and that's no longer around here called Bach. We've, I've only had pho once, and that was on our first date. It was fucking delicious, wasn't it? No, yeah. no, no. Remember, I had it delivered here the one time. 
Yeah, we we got it from someplace. That. I didn't know. Yeah, no, but you tried it, and it wasn't as good as when, well, whatever. Yeah. Don't ever deliver, like, pho and shit like that, because it's whatever. Anyway. It's got to cook. It's got to cook. <laughs> so, passengers, listen. We hope you've enjoyed your ride with us on fucking Valentine's yes, Day. And happy, happy Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Day. It's so awesome, and we hope that you are with the one you love, and if you're not, love the one you're with, right? Make love, not war. That's right. Do it. Fucking enjoy life. Yes. Be happy. Listen to our podcast. Share it with your friends. Just go, you know what, man? These guys are fucking stupid, but they're awesome, and they make me laugh, and that's These all guys, we can ask for. meaning the guys, not the girls. Correct. Not Like you. me. Not you. No. no. Definitely no. not stupid. You are a breath of fresh air mm, amongst us, my thank dear. You. Yes, you are. <laughs> so listen, join us next week. Where hopefully, you know, Mr. Moody is actually back with us yes. after his is that two weeks COVID out? bullshit. Ten days out? Um, it'll be a week from... Well, I'm actually dropping this on Valentine's Day, like okay. Sunday. Which the is 14th, tonight. Which is technically in, yeah, like an hour and whatever. From hour? I'm yeah. dropping it. And just because I want it to be a Valentine's... So yes. the next episode will not be on Monday. It will actually be the following Monday because of Moody and his Rona. Okay. So anyway. So we'll be discussing the Dyatlov Pass... And you guys have been asking for this one for a long time. And that's uh, where nine Russian hikers died in the northern Ural, Ural Mountains between February 1st and 2nd of 1959 in uncertain and uncertain. There's no T at the end of that. I'll do that to myself. Uncertain. <laughs> uncertain. <laughs> that's a new word I just made up. It's uncertain. If you don't like it, you can kiss my dick. So... <laughs> In uncertain and mysterious circumstances. So, and there's been some shit that actually came out recently about this that we have to go in and like rewrite our our research because like new shits come to light. It's pretty awesome. So make sure to stop over to the official website, our official website, the Midnight Train Podcast.com. At our website, you can buy some super sweet merchandise at our new store and where our new line of fecal fighters shitting robot t-shirts will be dropping soon. What? Yeah. Oh, I forgot. You don't listen. No. We have an amazing line of t-shirts coming. That so you, So we have a Roomba, right? Right? We a have a Roomba. Vacuum? You know the Roomba, the little the automotive thing that goes around in the vacuum? It's yeah. Sitting at the bar. Yeah, that one. Yeah. <laughs> so that one. We've come up with an amazing idea and that is we're going to have ones that go in your backyard and clean up shit. Well, they cut grass, why right. wouldn't they? Exactly, but these ones are going to have like special looks and whatnot they're the fecal fighters and they're coming soon and these listen we're I'm, we're working a great invention thank you i'm telling yeah. you it isn't it is <laughs> except it should cut the grass and pick up the dog shit at the same time I, i'm worried about cutting grass i want to fucking obviously but i want to pick, pick a poop if you're going to be in that area do you mind as well what is it going to have heat sensors is it just going to like sense when a dog goes to the bathroom and it's going to go like listen my a, my my research team and I right now, my research and development team, we can't discuss what's happening with these. Is right now. your research team you and Moody? I cannot confirm nor deny that. Anyway, <laughs> and listeners keep asking how they can keep yes. the steam in our engines. Well, if you like what you hear from us, man, and I hope you do because we have so much fun doing this and we just do it for you. Consider being a producer of the show by heading over to themidnighttrainpodcast.com and clicking on the Patreon button at the very top of the page when you first walk on there. Or go to patreon.com forward slash the midnight train podcast for as little as $5 a month. You can get all kinds of shit like custom t-shirts, custom posters, custom stickers, bonus episodes like the day the music died series, which we have more coming up for you. And uh, that's just a little thing that Moody and I put together. And we, we, I love finding out about these iconic uh, musical, um, you know, the people that had all these 
just musical abilities that were like above and ahead of their time. And like I love talking about them. And we haven't gone and we might do a Beethoven one. Really? Yeah, it's possible because yeah. he died young. We could do that. You need to do the thing on the place that they just found all those 18 bags of bodies and a hundred and something extra parts or what bodies in Mexico. What? Yeah. What are you talking that. about? Do that. There was like 18 bags recently found in New Mexico with body parts. And hundreds of bodies found recently, like within the last week or so. And we'll probably be doing that. Thank you, do Grace. That. <laughs> yeah. So if you're a diehard Midnight Train fan and you're like, man, I fucking want to help these motherfuckers out. Well, our Patreon is for you. For those of you that would rather just leave a one-time donation because, you know, you have commitment issues. It's like, eh, I don't want to do a monthly thing, whatever. You can head on over to PayPal and use the email address, the Midnight Train Podcast at gmail.com. Also, you can easily like, subscribe, and rate us on your favorite podcast platform. But most importantly, share the Midnight Train to everyone. It takes only a couple of minutes, and word of mouth is how we are going to keep, you know, keep the steam in our engines, you know what I mean? Get more passengers on this train and continue to bring you weekly episodes. Honestly, we can't thank you guys enough for all the love and support we re received. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> the wine. I'm feeling fuzzy. <laughs> yeah, but we can't. Honestly, you guys know how moody and I are. And 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 Jeff, when he was here, and everyone, we, we the fact that you listen to us every week, it it wells up my heart. It really does. It really it really fucking does. It does. It makes me super it happy. Makes Mama proud yeah, too. It, it does. Even I don't listen to it, but <laughs> if I did, I'd be proud. Well, you guys know you keep this train moving. You keep it going. You keep us wanting to keep doing this. So thank you all so much. So, Grace, at the end of every episode, we do a thing where I read out every person's name who has either subscribed on our website or has become a Patreon producer. Ooh, can I say Katie and Bill's name first? Well, they're at the very end. Oh, go ahead. Okay, so we'll get there. We'll get there. All right, so I'm going to point to you when we get to that part. Yes. All right. All right. Is it Catherine? <sighs> no, it's Katie. Catherine? Who the fuck is that? Barbara. Brabine. Why are Brabine? you looking at me like that? <laughs> I don't know. Really I'm bad at that. You, Sorry, she is Katie, bad at that. You. Yeah. Yeah. She is bad at that. Her last names. Thank yeah. God it's easy. Oh, my God. <laughs> These are like some of our best friends. Yes. Anyway, so a big fucking midnight train shout out to, and I don't have a, uh, Moody's not here to give me my drum roll. So. There you go. <laughs> to John, Brandon, Pat, Janet, Barbara, Patricia, Lacey, Mikey, Ben, John, Nate, Tess, Heidi, Kaylin, Kevin, Samantha, Matt, Deanna, Christopher, Jacqueline, Katie, uh, Michaela, Ramsey, Tommy, or Tamar, excuse me, Tommy Speakerbox, the sister skeleton, please. Tommy Speakerbox is on there? Yeah, he's one of our guys. He just told me yesterday that he wasn't. No, he's a subscriber on the other. Uh, yeah, the, the oh. thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah. Tommy. He's, yeah, he's got to get on that Patreon. We love you. Yeah, he's got to get on that Patreon. Yes. Yeah. The Sister Skeleton, please make sure you check out the Sister Skeleton podcast wherever you listen to podcasts. If not, those, uh, those fucking crazy leather jacket wearing fucking raccoons are going to come after you and they don't put up a shit anyway to riley logan reagan charlie Alyssa, sydney ava diane alina stephanie julie laura cynthia kirsten dawn nicola caitlin chanel alex emily ann son of vasco alicia Frandapai, danny rex sadie remy remy not remy that was horrible <laughs> melissa grace 
Thank you again for Me? coming on to the show. Of course. Me? Yeah. I'm yeah. on there? Yeah, of course you are. I was are. wondering where the yeah. fuck I was. <laughs> Stormy, Eva, Melissa, Wayne, Victoria, Hager, Sean, Bill, Son, Colin, Todd, David, Valo, Juan, Belen, Ken and Brad over at Voodoo Vodka. Make sure you're picking up some Voodoo Vodka wherever yes, you can fucking love find your it. Vodka. Thank you. Absolutely it's delicious. Stripper Kevin, Davey, our Mexican Vado. Vado? Vato. Fuck. Wait, can we go with Stripper? No, it's Stripper Kevin. Kevin? That's his name. Who's that? It's Stripper Kevin. Do I know him? No, you don't know Stripper Kevin. Can he climb a pole? I'm sure he could. Did he call himself Stripper Kevin? Mm-mm. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. Go ahead. It's actually Chef Kevin, but then I guess he's no longer a chef, so I decided to call him Stripper Kevin, because why not? How do we know this, Kevin? Because he is our... He's awesome. And he's oh. just, he's stripper Kevin. God. Kevin, send us recipes <laughs> for stripping. Um, Davey, our Mexican Vato, like I said before, I said Vato, I didn't mean to say that. And a very fucking special thank you to our superhero. You have no idea how much we appreciate you, our Patreon producers. Chad Flint, you crazy motherfucker. Cheryl Pierce, you sweetheart. Chris McLeod, dude, you're fucking awesome. Justin Kowalczyk, thanks for stopping in. Rob Webb, dude, your shit is hilarious. And keep going from the Fun Box podcast. Christina Skelton, girl. Maria Gibbs, you're awesome. Jessica Bartolome, of course, girl number two. Oliver Gimmel, you know who that is? Aw, Chainsaw. That's Chainsaw. Normally we have a button that goes, I have no doubt. <laughs> or, what baby. the fuck? Yeah, of course. That's the first Oliver Gimmel, because we'll get to the second one. Craig Spurlock, thank you, my friend. Rick Resler, Courtney Batchelor. The other one, who is Jigsaw, Chainsaw's <gasps> son. It, we met him yeah. when we went on tour. When you went on tour? Yes, I you met did. Him. Yes, you did. Da -da. Hi. Alabama? Or, yeah. Right, Alabama? Yeah. It was. <laughs> See, hi. <laughs> and our last two who are fucking awesome and our closest friends. Go ahead, Grace. Say hi to Katie and Bill Birch. Uh, Katie and Bill Birch. Katie. Katie Brabinick. Comma. Bill Birch. <laughs> We love you. Uh, listen, there's been a lot of wine and a lot of fun tonight. And we want you guys, if you want your name to be mentioned on the show, all you have to do, it's free. Sign up as a member on our website. Just go to two, the, uh, the Midnight Train Podcast.com and you can sign up there. And once we see you registered, I'm going to say your fucking name. I'm probably going to fuck it up. But hey, that's what you get. Or become a Patreon producer. Get those bonus episodes and you will become one of the elite, the coolest people in the fucking world. All right. You will do that. So thank you guys for listening. Thank Grace, you, you want to say anything before we get out of here? Um... No, I think it's, I thank you for having me on the show. Mm -hmm. It's very nice to be in the presence of the Midnight Train podcast. Presence of greatness is what you were saying. Something like that, but <laughs> either way, I um, might not ever hear from you guys again, but keep on rocking on. That's it. You I appreciate great. you. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. This is very sweet. I was actually, I really thoroughly enjoyed you being on here. Oh, I enjoyed yeah. being I on here. I like that you went above and beyond to get some I research did. and whatnot. Mm. Yes. Yes, look at you. Anything I put my mind to, <laughs> I put it all in. Oh, I know. Yes, especially our marriage. Yeah, listen, stay safe out there, people. All right? Wash your fucking hands. Wash your fucking hands. Stay six feet. Wear your fucking masks. And last but not least, of course... Choo-choo, motherfuckers! Now go home and get your fucking shine box.